Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? Or... <laughs> I might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All I yeah. have to say. Hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Greetings, homebrewers, craft beer fans, the rest of you. Are forced to listen to this show because your significant others listening to it in the car right now. Right, spouses on uh, one side or another yeah. of the homebrewing equation. Yeah, uh, kids uh, in the back. Sorry, kids in the back. Exactly. Apologies in advance. Uh, this is the session. I'm your host this week, Justin Crosley. Uh, with me, of course, is uh, JP, Tasty, Hello. and Beardy. Hi. Got everybody in here for I I think what is going to be a momentous show. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to it, um, and that is because we've got uh, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company on the program with us. Whoa. Um, it's been a little while since we've uh, had anybody from Sierra on. We had Ken Grossman on uh, years ago uh, when the Homebrewers Conference was in Oakland, I think, oh. was, oh, the, was the last 2009? time. 2009? 2009. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, uh, but tonight, we've got uh, Terrence Sullivan, who's the uh, beer content manager. Ooh. Yeah, we'll find out what that means. Right. <laughs> uh, I think Terrence has a little bit to do with everything over at Sierra. Sure. Uh, so he's a, a great person to have in studio to talk with. Plus, he's a lot of fun. Uh, and then we've got James Connery, who's the head innovative brewer. Um, and as you know, uh, you know, over the last, I'd say, uh, 
at least five years. Sierra Nevada's really kind of um, changed their brewing uh, output. Sure, yeah. To uh, put out a lot of new things that have been very successful. And so we're going to learn all about that. I think they've got a new barrel program in place uh, that, that extends, you know, farther than, than barley wines and things like that. So we're going to learn all kinds of cool stuff from these guys tonight. Nice. And I think what will happen is we're going to end up with one of those good old-fashioned long-ass uh, sessions. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure, man. We have We have a ton of beer. They brought a ton of beer. They brought a ton of people, and with Sierra Nevada, with the amount of beer that they brought and the different types of beer yeah. that they brought, a lot of breweries are focusing on like maybe two or three styles, and they'll have five or six beers, but they're all essentially the same beers. That's right. not Sierra Nevada. And, of course, we have to drink it all. Yes. And talk about it, because that's what we have to do, and we have to do it. We're we contractually bound. I mean, it's part of our job. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was even talking to the, They brought us so much beer. I, I talked to him before the show, and I was like, hey, this is going to be like old school BN, I think. You guys are going to have us here until after 9 o'clock. <laughs> right. Um, so if you're uh, listening locally live right now, we've got uh, – how many different beers we have on tap uh, from Sierra Nevada tonight, Eric? 15. We've got 15 Whoa. different uh, Sierra wow. Nevada beers on tap, which, by the way, is a testament to – you know, even after all of these years, what a fan um, we are of Sierra Nevada. We don't do take tap, uh, tap takeovers mm-hmm. like that here at the Grenade. We, we do a lot of beer nights where we'll put maybe, you know, five, five six, six, you know. Uh, never do we let somebody take over almost everything. Right. But it's Sierra. And we have some really cool stuff on tap. So you can go to thehopgrenade.com right now, even if you're not local, if you just want to make your mouth water, and see our entire tap list there. Um, We won't get through the whole tap list on the show here today. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) We should try, though. (laughs) It's it's a marathon show. Remember way back in the day we pseudo-toyed with the idea of doing 24-hour show to raise money or whatever when we were all broke and eating each other's ramen? Yeah. now we can afford ramen individually sure. for one another. Yeah, but maybe that's just it. We do fifteen. <laughs> we do half an hour on each beer. And there we go. <laughs> that's Whoa. what we used to do. We're just here. Well, and also, you know, our philosophy used to be on the program when when people would ask, you know, can we send beer yeah. for the show? We would just say yes, right. right? And then if they sent twelve beers, we'd get through twelve beers. You have to. That was just the deal, right? Yeah, we never asked. Like- now we actually send parameters. I mean, we, we're so old now <laughs> that. Uh, I always say to people, look, I can guarantee you four, that we can taste four. Right. Um, possibly six. That's really probably it. But even the other two, you know, put on your list of things that could be missed on the air. Um, and I, I sent that to Sierra, too. Mm-hmm. And then they sent, uh, whatever, 15, 15 beers. <laughs> yeah, uh, plus some extra uh, bottles uh, and stuff. Yeah, we've got some verticals to get through. Yeah. Um, oh, whoa. Some barley wine stuff, some new age stuff. We've got a sour beer I think we're going to taste later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we're also going to start, by the way, with their, I don't know, their legacy beers. I don't know what you call them. Yeah, um, classic styles. Yeah, yeah, which you just can't ignore with a brewery like Sierra. No. So we <laughs> they believe in us. <laughs> they think we can make it through they, all that I mean, you're right they've had faith that, that we can do this well they know us by now and they've right. seen us get through <laughs> well especially for beer camp yeah that's <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> i think things changed after we went up there for the beer camp yeah. uh, but maybe this is punishment maybe they don't like us maybe they hate us so right. they flooded us with beer thinking these guys are gonna just 
collapse, and it's going to be great. <laughs> this will keep him out of our hair for another two years. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm thinking that's that's probably pretty accurate. That yeah. might be it. How do we get him to stop calling us? <laughs> Challenge do it, accepted. Do it all in one shot, <laughs> and we don't have to hear about it anymore. Right. So uh, no, I'm really excited, man, for sure. Me too, and I really like the guys that we've got coming in, so uh, yeah. stick with us tonight. It's going to be a, a great show. And I just drove back from L.A. for the show. Oh, really? just got out of the car like an hour ago. Oh, you drove back tonight? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you did. Couldn't miss it. Yeah, I changed my schedule, too. I was supposed to be in Fort Collins longer, and uh, I was like, no, no, I'm coming back for the Sierra show. Absolutely. I was available. So, you know, here I am. Yeah, good story. Yeah. I didn't change my plans at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the, uh, Terrence asked about you even, Tasty. I, I said, well, you know, the guys are coming in. They say, oh, is Tasty going to be here? And I was like, oh, of course Tasty's going to yeah, be here. Yeah, I'm with Terrence, for sure. <laughs> he wanders around before the, waiting for the bar to open. He's nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And then, of course, tonight's show is brought to you by More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com. And, boy, do we love these guys. For years, the folks at More Beer have been leading the charge when it comes to cool and unique homebrewing equipment like the Robo Brew, the easiest way to brew all grain. Made from stainless steel, the Robo Brew allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel. I wish it was called the Robro Brew, like I, keep, like I keep saying. <laughs> right. um, Ruh-roh. Yeah. From boil to mash to cooling, the Robo Brew it truly is self-contained. If you're thinking of getting into all grain brewing, you should seriously consider the Robo Brew. Uh, or up your fermentation game with the all-new Fermentasaurus plastic conical has a nine gallon capacity stainless steel stand a sturdy butterfly dump valve at the bottom and the best part is that it'll hold up to 35 psi uh, check them out uh, all the awesome innovations and more over at morebeer.com i love those guys they do a great job yeah uh, and then we got some announcements to get through. So I officially wear glasses full time. Full time, oh, oh. you've given in. Wow, you wake up and have to slap them on. Well, Nerd, alert. <laughs> Nerd alert! Nerd yeah. alert! Squeegee bottle. Yeah, I like to clean. Had. But I'm, I'm not convinced yet. So I, I'm, I'm mentioning it because I'm having a diff- They're not working. I'm having a very difficult time with these. What's things. not working with them? I'm an expert. Well. Let me tell you what happened first, okay. how it came about, and then you can tell because everyone tells me it's fine. I got to just keep wearing them or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I go in because I was tired of taking my reading glasses on and off and on and off. Like it's yeah. mostly when I'm working because I, I need them to read the screen and and the the commercials, right? Yeah. But then I'm looking up and talking to you guys, and I'm looking through a two times magnification, you know, re, you know. So I was thinking I w- I'll, I'm just going to go into the optometrist just to let them have a look and and hope to come out of there with like uh, they're called like progressive. Yeah. Whatever. It's like a bifocal. it's a bifocal without the line, yeah, right? Without right. The Hoping that the top, you know, would be clear, uh-huh. you know, non-magnified, and the bottom. Well, I go in, and it turns out he says, "No, you need prescription on the top and the bottom." He's like, "I am going to give you the progressive, but it turns out you're farsighted." And I've okay. always had uh, my, my my vision was always at least twenty twenty until right. the reading thing happened. And he's like, "Well, actually, you've always been farsighted. Um, you just never knew it or never were told because your lens was flexible and it would do all the work for you. Oh. It would adjust for you." Nice. And, he, and he explains to me that as you get older, it it stops flexing as much. Mm-hmm. We got to squint uh, to squeeze yeah. it. Yeah. 
But at, the, but at the same time, I wasn't I wasn't having a hard time seeing anything except for reading and maybe like some medium range stuff. Yeah. Anyhow, he does the whole damn thing. But um, you're so wasted all the time anyway. You ever you just well, figured that you were thought. hungover? That's what I thought too. And right. in fact, if <laughs> right. I'm really hungover, the vision is worse in the morning. So <laughs> right. I'm thinking it's really all my fault if I would just sober up for a few days. It'd be yeah. fine. Uh, but since that was never going to happen, I thought I'd go to the doctor. Good, good choice. Uh, glasses. They, they go through all the testing, and and he, he he gives me my glasses. And by the way, side note. According mm-hmm. to the doctor, I don't know yeah. how true this is, but he's like, you know, there are two periods in your life where you go through the most changes. You know, and I, f- I forget exactly the first one. It was like, f- you know, 15 to 21 or something. Puberty? Okay. Uh, basically, yeah. Uh, and then he's like, but the next one is from 40 to 50. Uh-oh. And, of course, Uh-oh. those changes are much worse than the first round right. of your life. Yeah, things don't things don't pop out anymore. Right. They fall off. <laughs> right. That's things the, are starting to work. The younger age is when your eyes would stabilize. I see. So they stop changing. So if you do need glasses, that's the point. For most cases, where it's gonna, you're gonna stop mm-hmm. progressing. Like if you wanted to get LASIK, you yeah. should wait until you're over the age of 20. I see. Okay. Because then you're gonna experience less changes after the LASIK. Okay. Surgery. Well, and then so he was explaining the 40 to 50 thing to me too, because he was saying so you might need to keep getting prescriptions until you're about 50. Right. But then it stabilizes again. Like I don't know, the atrophy doesn't happen as much. I don't know what. All right. All right. Anyhow, this is what this guy said. All right. So. Anyhow, <clears throat> gives me these glasses now. Now, to, now to your question. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Okay. Yeah. So I get the glasses, and I can see worse now. Like, everything is like in a fishbowl. Mm-hmm. It's all distorted and weird. And I can see fine if I take them off, uh, you know, when I'm looking at anything except for text. Let me see them. But they tell me that it's just going to take a few days for my eyes to uh, get used gonna, to does it. Does the floor look weird as you look out? The yes. The floor looks like it's a different distance than it should yes. be. Yes. You, you'll get used to that. Okay. That's pretty common. Well, that's also, are said. you looking right through? Yeah. If you're looking right at the center, that's going to be where the progressive starts. They have to be placed right on your face for progressives to work. Well, I'm kind of messing with all of it. I don't know. I, I, I know no what you're saying. What, the, the lens has a lot of flex to it, and so when you look out of the corner of your eye, it, yeah. there's like a there's a bit. So it could be. I had the same problem. Um, I got some some lenses that from another. Uh, just a doctor's office optometrist um but i got these that are the lens is flat and uh, it's less of that change so it might be your frames also okay i don't know but um i i had i experienced the same thing well i'm gonna give them a chance because they told me just to wear them for a while and everything yeah. will get right and I, i'll you listen. could also go back and, and have them go hey just make sure that everything is yeah lined up properly well it'll be two weeks but i got them in, in, in colorado so i'm back in there in a couple of weeks i'll give it that long and if I, but my vision is worse right now yeah it's, it's, awful. it's a pain dude it's you can pain. have somebody read them too to make sure they were made correctly Labs make mistakes. Okay. Right. Okay. The worst part about glasses, though, is cleaning them. Yeah, they're I'm constantly them smudgy and dirty oh, and yeah. flecky and whatever. And now that they're magnified more, like I see it. Like my reading glasses <laughs> were filthy all the time. I didn't even know. Like, right. But now, yeah, it's the, the cleaning. And by the way, it's that's not the worst part. The the cost is the worst part. Warby Parker, dude. Okay. Warby, they're ninety five bucks plus lenses. And you can ninety five bucks, and then the cost of the lenses. No, no, oh. included. Oh, some some of them, and so you can get them to try on at home. They'll send you like just trial. Um, you can pick five lenses or five frames. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, and you try them on in the mirror, and you can you know get them wider or whatever. And then uh, you go, this is the one I want, and you send them all back. It's all free shipping, free return, and then it's you pick the one you want, you pay for it ninety five bucks. So I got these and a pair of sunglasses for like a hundred, two hundred dollars. Wow. Okay, between my checkup and these fucking things, yeah, six hundred dollars. <laughs> Jeez, dude. You know you can make and the text on your know. computer larger uh, with a click of a mouse. 
I've been doing that, but it doesn't. It's still a thing. Yeah. It's, uh, but but it's not just that. It's at a restaurant. It's at a oh, anywhere yeah. I'm at. I go, can't, go back, I can't have them checked out, and then maybe you can get a refund and, and then get your prescription and just go to Warby Parker, mm-hmm, dude. Mm-hmm. Not to plug anybody that uh, we don't get any money from, but because uh, they also didn't tell. Like they uh, here's what they did. They're like. So, you, you know, it's these special lenses that are made this way. And then, right. you know, we're going to put this anti-glare on there. Polycarbonate. We're put this on there. Right? Ooh, yeah. But no, and I, I never got so the glass before. Yeah. So uh, during that time, I'm just like, yeah, oh, that sounds great. I, I don't like scratches. I Let's get, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the invoice. Well, each one of those options they mentioned is another $100. Yes, right. Well, it would have been nice had they said... Would you like this option for a hundred dollars yeah. and this option? But they just sort of listed it off yeah. and then and then handed me my bill. Yeah, uh, have Bev check them out because they do look. I mean, because you you can hold them and you just shift them. Like if you shift mine like that, they don't really do that. But I, th- I think yeah. it might be your frames. Maybe I got taken for a ride. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, your eyes are fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I feel like. I, I almost want a second opinion even about the whole far sided thing because mm-hmm. go to like a Walmart all of that or like was Costco. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have cheaper uh, walk-ins. I'm about to figure this out. Do it. Because right now, y'all look like crap. As <laughs> <laughs> opposed to... I feel pretty good. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay. either, my, either I'm calibrated wrong now. I don't know. I think or... you're, just, you're distorted. There's something wrong <laughs> with you. Yeah. Everything's strange. Uh, all right. Well, that's enough about me. How about some announcements? Let's do it. Uh, Drake's Brewing Company is going to bring our announcements to you today. And uh, their Apocalypse release is coming up. It's this Saturday, February 3rd from 1 to 5. It's also an Imperial IPA festival that has a bunch of great breweries like Beechwood and Fieldwork and Faction and uh, Kern River Boneyard. Uh, Danville Brewing will be out there. So uh, go to drinkdrakes.com right now. You can, uh, you'll be able to click on Apocalypse Day right there and be able to purchase tickets. General admission is only 35 bucks, or you can go for the VIP package, which uh, includes early entry, um, tastes, and then also bottles of their Apocalypse to go. Uh, so it's a, and 10% off, off all merchandise. Uh, it's a good deal. Mm. Go over to drinkdrakes.com. Uh, Tasty, are you going to go out to Apocalypse Day this year, are you thinking? Or, you no, sure? it's the same day as the Evil 3 release. Oh, okay. Well, otherwise committed. Got it. All right. Well, go check them out, drinkdrakes.com. Also, speaking of beer events, and Drake's is a sponsor of ours for for this one, Spring Brews Festival tickets are now on sale. Yeah. You go to thebrewingnetwork.com, and you'll see the event right there, very large on the homepage. There's like a hot girl holding a Springfest glass. You can click on her, Mm -hmm. and um, you can purchase tickets to the event. It's Saturday, March 31st, the last Saturday in March. It's our ninth year doing this, Tasty. You believe that? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, So go to thebrewingnetwork.com and get your tickets early. Uh, You never know when we're going to sell out. So. You can go into our store and support us by buying some merchandise. A few things are still on sale, but we did a pretty good job of moving a lot of that merchandise. Uh, there's a couple new designs in there, including new Sour Hour shirts. You're going to want to check those out if you're a fan of Jay and Moscow's show, The Sour Hour. Cool shirts in there. It's a great way to support their show and keep it on the air, too. Uh, also, you can support us by doing your Amazon shopping. Just click on the Amazon links on our homepage and then shop as you normally do. Uh, or you could subscribe and join the BN Army. Um, you do that uh, for as little as $2 a month, and you're entered into the More Beer monthly donation giveaway, which is a chance to win 100 bucks to More Beer. Plus, you get our newsletter, uh, first dibs on uh, private events and tickets that we do every now and then, and a lot of great ways to support us. Thanks to all of you, uh, all of you that do. 
Um, all right. Get uh, information and things over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. But no stuff. Don't go looking, expecting stuff. No, I think we dropped the stuff. Only things. Yeah. Thank you. Can't get that there. Um, all right. And then send your feedback and show ideas and any other way you want to get to us. Uh, best way to do that is through feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, we'll take note of those things. Uh, and if you just want to send weird things to Bevo, that's Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's right. Four E's. Send me show ideas. Yeah. <laughs> show ideas. There you go. Uh, all right. We have a Twitter game today? We do. Good. Twitter game is brought to you today by the Wine and Hop Shop. You can go to wineandhop.com, and they've been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. Uh, Listen to Jamil's advice and shop at your local homebrew shop. And maybe for you, that's the Wine and Hop Shop. Half the staff there is brewed uh, professionally. And Brewing Network listeners get an $8 flat rate shipping on orders under 50 pounds. Just enter BN Shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart. And the discount will be taken after you check out. Most items ship within 24 hours. It's the only place to get Wisconsin Hop Exchange and Gorst Valley Hops grown right there in Wisconsin. And all AHA and local homebrew club members get a 10% discount. They got over 100 varieties of hops, 100 varieties of yeast, and over 75 types of malt. Uh, 15 varieties of hop rhizomes. Uh, they're also a Blickman engineering retailer. So they've got it all over there. Go to wineandhop.com. All right, what's our Twitter game? Well, I don't know if anybody really knows this. I'm sure everybody in the homebrew community was dumbstruck when they heard that Charlie Papazian is finally retiring. I heard that. I read that. Right? Yeah. So my question is, what is he going to be doing with his free time now? Good question. I thought so, too. Yeah. I thought so, too. I'll be interested to find out what uh, unique answers we get about our, <laughs> our old friend Charlie. Right? So I sure hope we still get to see him around at different events and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine he stops going to some of the beer things. He just doesn't want to work so damn much. Right. If, I mean, if it were me, I would just go and present awards and then and then fly around the world in my in the first, like, Tesla airplane. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's what I would do. I wouldn't even do the awards yeah. presenting. The poor guy, got to stand up there for three hours. <laughs> Yeah. I would do like the awards mingling, you know. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe afterward you go and say thanks and yeah. hang out at the GABF. But uh, even that, I'd be the first thing I dropped. Off oh my man, list. I would love to. Or just maybe just maybe he just intros it or something. Right. He does like the yeah. like the State of the Union before the GABF. Give some numbers. Yeah. Do some things that I would do. Kiss some hands. Sure. Shake some babies. And if I were him and or the Brewers Association, I would allow him to do that well into dementia. By the way, <laughs> yes. um, yes. yeah. Not that that's coming anytime soon, Charlie. Don't no, get no. me wrong. But, um, it happens eventually. It happens eventually, and I feel like, you know, we, right. all, we all love you anyway. Yeah. So anything you set up there, we'd listen to. 2045, <laughs> we had 38 rocks, and <laughs> this grew by 49 purples. Yeah. And we, you know what? We'd all stand in that audience and cheer. We go, yeah. Virtually, we're plugged in with our neural uplink. We're not there. <laughs> it's just a big chat room, you know, in, spa- in cyberspace, and we'd throw, like, emojis. Yes. Yay. Yes. Or we cryo-freeze him now <laughs> so that he's sure to be around uh, a lot longer. Cause yeah. Boy, does everybody love Charlie. Hey, they do it with hops. They can do it with Charlie. <laughs> All right. That's a great Twitter game today. What will Thanks. Charlie be doing in his retirement? Let's do some feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by our good friend John over at the Beer Law Center. Go to BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. He's got a lot of services he can offer you, including protecting your trademark like he does for us, TTB filings, uh, you name it. Plus, he's got his book out that uh, JP wrote half of or something. That's I true. What the... <laughs> I ghost wrote it, actually. <laughs> yeah. As told to you by Jason Petros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, have you have you inked the deal to do the audiobook version of it yet? Jake? No, but I should I should contact him and let him know that I'm I'm definitely definitely available for that. God, listening to you drone on about <laughs> legal things, it's it's more. You know what? You could single handedly um, eliminate Ambien from the public need. Yeah, I think if you did, I would <laughs> listen to it. I don't. I didn't want. I don't want to tell anybody, but I actually recorded myself reading his book so I could go to sleep. I, I believe that. Right. Yeah. So. I you think. and Taryn both. Taryn's like, oh, God, yes. J- Jason, put put yeah. yourself on so we can sleep. We're having trouble. Mm. <laughs> poor baby's going to be well-versed in beer law by the time it's four. <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go to beerlawcenter.com and check it out. All right, just a couple things in the feedback. Uh, Justin from Las Vegas writes in. Um, <laughs> you wrote us from Las Vegas? <laughs> Alternate yeah. reality, Justin. <laughs> I wish I was in Las Vegas. <laughs> Uh, hey guys and Bevo, this October my fiance and I are getting married and spending our honeymoon in Monterey, California. Mm-hmm. Somehow I convinced her that a trip all the way to Concord to go to the Hop Grenade would be a good idea. <laughs> and she, for some reason, agreed. Newlyweds. Yeah. <laughs> they still agree to things. <laughs> uh, really looking forward to seeing where the magic happens and hoping to get mm-hmm. a look at one of your pretty faces, except for JP. Uh, cheers from Justin. So yeah, come on down and see us. Uh, if you shoot us an email, We'll probably ignore you, but just in the off chance that we'll be here, or pick a Monday show. Come down on a Monday night, and yeah. then you can meet everybody, and we have to show up. Well, then we have one in three chances of not being here. Yeah, it's when people are. It's when it's like uh, you know, eleven a.m. on a Tuesday, and people are like, "I'm coming in. Yeah. Are you all there?" <laughs> no. <laughs> Of course not. You just sit and look at each other. <laughs> yeah. We're not so, doing a show today, are we? No. <laughs> no. We're just, today's a looking day. Uh, so come out on a Monday night or uh, shoot Bevo a message. Maybe they'll be doing a Bruce Strong. You never know. Um, so if anybody who's coming out to visit, yeah. you can send uh, emails to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. She's uh, up to date on the show schedule. She'll let you know if anyone's going to be here or show up on a Monday. I was actually just going to say, I'm probably the best person to reach out to. Yeah. Bevo at the Brewing Network. You can go over to her house for a... Uh, Crockpot dinner or something like With that. With Sam, yeah. It would yeah. be delicious. Whatever happened to those Crockpot dinners? You were threatening. You guys were all so mean about it, I stopped. <laughs> oh, oh, see, I was no into one that was because mean. of the money savings uh, yeah. opportunities. And now look what you did, JP. Me? Yeah. I wasn't mean. I mean, you weren't yeah. nice. I, I wasn't forgot nice. the first one. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. memorable. Yeah. That's not mean to say. I don't say. remember I don't not like, liking I don't like it. Tacos. No, so that's a fresh start. I don't even remember what it, the first right. one tastes like. You have a fresh, clean slate. Yeah. So I didn't know what actually happened. Okay, I guess she's looking at me like it's never happening again. (laughs) Thank God. All right. Aaron writes in about Punjabi Pale. Um, Hey, dorks and beer dorkess. Wow. I think that's beardy. Uh, I was recently Pretty. listening to a podcast way back with the Libertine Pub, uh, and uh, which was funny as hell, he says, and heard the head brewer speaking about Punjabi Pale Ale out of Colorado, which I don't remember. I don't uh, remember either. I don't remember anything. Uh, the beer is amazing, and as a native Coloradan, uh, Cooper Smith's Pub and Brewery is amazing when it comes to ales and lagers, which I guess is where it comes out. But they're in Fort Collins. They're in Fort Collins, yeah. right, where, uh, right where the other I've had that beer, is. they won a medal this year with that beer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, he wanted to let us know... Uh, you can also always ask for a hand jobby, uh, which is the hand draft style of the beer, and can be asked for without being scolded by the waiter. Uh, so he says, "Give it a next shot. Uh, give it a shot next time you're in in the brewery in Fort Collins." Thanks for all you do. Um, I'm still one that is envious of Beardy's beard, and Bevo is awesome oh. for dealing with all of you. Uh, take care and keep it up from Aaron. 
And then finally, a little email about our uh, new show, JP and Beardy's new show, Heads and Tails. That's right. Um, which, of course, is a, a, a show on distilling. That's correct. Is that right? Okay, uh, well, ghost hunting, really. is a spirits <laughs> show. Right. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, he says, uh, you guys are killing it on this podcast. I'm sure it's very cool for the average nerd to listen to, but I'm enjoying all these stories and the perspectives that are being brought up by the distillers that you've brought to the table. Uh, even though you're only three shows in, I'm kind of surprised that you haven't booked a single stinker of an interview. Well, we've only done the, three, so <laughs> you're right. boys are bar low. Yeah, I mean, there, really, always next no, even, no one even thought you guys could book three solid shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think on any other show we've ever started, maybe one out of three was good, and two out of three I were see. stinkers. Okay. I think so. Yeah. We're there we go, Warren. Wow. Got the bar up there. There's only one way to go from here. Yeah. And that's left. <laughs> yeah. All in all, really proud and pleased with what you've built and continue to look forward to upcoming shows. Cool. Um, do you want some of the suggestions of distillers? Sure. Here? I don't know. Why not? Uh, Todd Leopold of Leopold Brothers. Uh, that's one. All right. Chip Tate of Tate & Co. Um, I guess he's formerly of Balcones. Balcones. Oh, know. okay. Hmm. Um, former owner of a beer homebrew shop and founder of oh. Downslope Distilling. And, That'd uh, be cool. I like those stories, man. Yeah. <clears throat> and Jake Norris, uh, former distiller at Stranahan's, also okay. formerly at Law's Whiskey House. I actually like Stranahan's. I'm not a whiskey guy, but I've never had. I've heard a lot about it. I know it's it's quality. I've just never had it. Yeah. Well, Lenny here says that that Old he, he's a perpetual badass who is not afraid to drop truth. Oh. And call bullshit on the industry. Wow. All right. So, uh, okay. So that's from Lenny. Uh, the new show, Heads and Tails by JP and Beardy, can be found on the Google Play Store. Mm-hmm. It can be found in iTunes, and it can be found on thebrewingnetwork.com. Um, actually, someone tweeted me for some reason. Um, that's a thing again. Yeah. Um, asking about Stitcher. Ah, uh, yes. I still have to submit it to Stitcher. Something right, cool. weird about our Stitcher account right yeah. now, but I can do that. Cool. Uh, also, if I did it correctly, and people have been asking uh, me for this for, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say how long, I believe all of the Brewing Network shows are now available on Google Play for nice. you Android uh, listeners. So you can search uh, the Brewing Network on there, and you'll find The Session and Brew Strong and The Sour Hour and Dr. Homebrew. So I didn't do the back catalogs like the, of the Jamil show. Um because they're back catalogs. Right. You can find those uh, still in iTunes or on the Brewing Network itself. Um, but, yeah, I finally got that done. I ticked that off. My, I've been in my, my to-do list for 12 years or something. Look at you. Justin Crosley ticking boxes. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, go Cold check you. all that out. All right. Uh, like I said, today... We've got Sierra Nevada Brewing Company on the show. I need a beer. Yeah, me too. Actually, no, I don't. I just need, <laughs> I just need to drink You mine. still have right. two-thirds of a beer. <laughs> I mean, but by the end of the break. Right. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll need a beer. Break. Uh, all right. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Terrence Sullivan and James Connery of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. And uh, boy, are we excited to do this here on the session. we got a lot to get through. You can call us 888-401-BEER. Um, or are you in the chat room, JP? Yes, I am. Or you can enter the chat room. And JP will get me any pertinent questions. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your brewing water can be a mystery. 
If it's good enough to drink, it's good enough to brew with, right? We all know to perfect certain styles of beer, proper water chemistry is vital. But running water tests can be complicated and expensive, but not anymore. Industrial Test Systems is proud to introduce the new Smart Brew Water Testing Kits, incorporating the exact iDip Smart Photometer System. The only photometer on the market that harnesses the power of the smartphone and runs water tests without you doing a pile of calculations. The iDip features two-way Bluetooth communication with the brain of the system, which is its own multilingual app. This allows limitless possibilities, including lab accuracy, free upgrades, test customization, over 35 available, mobile sharing, and more. You can keep a detailed history of your results. Email your water report to other brewers or share it on social media. Visit smartbrewkit.com now and learn more about the iDip photometer and all the tests it can do for you. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer. For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus. And Radical Brewing, Recipes, Tales, and World-Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at brewerspublications.com. Brewers Publications. All the best on beer and brewing. 
Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larksburg, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. The Brewcaster. The Brewcaster. On the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. we got Sierra Nevada in the studio, which we're excited about. Uh, real quick before we get to that, don't forget about our good friends over at Great Fermentations. You can go to greatfermentations.com. They've got the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business using Blickman products. Top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. Check them out at greatfermentations.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook, GRA Fermentation, Instagram, and Twitter. GreatFermentations.com. All right. As promised, we've got the boys, uh, some of the boys anyway. We couldn't fit the whole brewery in here from uh, Sierra Nevada. <laughs> That's a large company. room. Awesome. Yeah. A big yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, but we do have uh, Terrence Sullivan, who is the beer content manager. We're going to figure out what that means. I have uh, no idea. No, none of us know. Yeah. Nobody, knows, <laughs> Nobody knows. I'm sure that uh, Terrence invented that title for himself. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got James Connery, who's the head innovative brewer. Brewer, which that one at least makes sense. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to figure out uh, about you guys. Welcome. Thanks for coming all the way down. Thank you. Of course. Thanks yeah. For thanks for having us. us. Drove yeah. down from Chico today, I assume. Chico, nice day. It was, you know, yeah. drive, drive through the rice fields and see all the ducks. And sure. But you pass a casino down. or two, so yeah. that's, there's some temptation Collusive. there. That's true, but we couldn't, we couldn't stop. We were on time. <laughs> you were on a mission. Yeah, that's on the way back home. <laughs> Why did Sierra uh, start in, in Chico? Ooh, good question. Um, so uh, our founder, Ken Grossman, he grew up in Southern California. Okay. And he had a buddy that... Uh, went to Chico State. So he actually went up to Chico with him to help move all his furniture up there. Yeah. And then at that point, um, he spent the summer there, and he had such a great time. He called his mom, and he said, I'm moving to Chico. Wow. That was it. And and all he had was his bicycle, and he rode his bicycle all the way back to Southern California. Okay. What? Wait. No. Wait. I almost took that. No, no, no. He did. He did. He, he, He rode it. Partway there and uh, hitchhiked some of the way, and but he ended up trekking all the way back to really? Southern California uh, with his bicycle, uh, loaded up a trailer, and moved to Chico. That's so amazing. That, yeah. 
Pretty cool. Yeah. Because, you know, back then, that was uh, Chico was, was the party town. Sure. Right? Playboy magazine oh, yeah. rated party party town. Right. But that doesn't uh, seem like Ken's MO, really. He's out hiking and biking and whatever else, but move, but choosing no. the party town. He does a few. Okay. He parties. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. he Don't hides. let him fool you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I've partied with him a few times. He can party with the best of them. I see. I see. Um, all right. Yeah, I was just curious how it ended up there in the beginning. Um, and how, you've been with the brewery now, what, almost uh, over over 20 years? Uh, 24 <laughs> years this May. Wow. Yep. yep. James, what? how long have you been there? Oh, God. Uh, seven and a half. I'm going to use half years because I'm not over 10 yet. Okay. Yeah, right, right. James, you don't look old enough to have been there for seven and a half years. Oh, you, he started when he was 14. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. basically slave labor. Well, child labor laws in uh, farm towns like Chico are a little yeah, vague. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's vague. It's, it's all right. <laughs> what did you start as at the brewery? At the brewery? Oh, God. Terrence, do you remember what I... Weren't you a seller? You were a seller. I, you took I my started, job at one point. That's right. right. I, started, um, I started working in the plant utilities department, uh, optimizing CIPs and all that good stuff. CIP oh, optimization. Oh, I, Correct. Got it. So you came... Okay. The, the, that this, sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm head so of optimization fun. for CIPs. Yeah. Oh. Got that. Yeah. Do you use an Intel or what do you... Yeah. Uh, how's the Dell blowout going? <laughs> What's happening? He used a, a swab on the yeah. t- side of the tank. Yes, it's clean. It's right. clean. Well done. More caustic. Yeah. More caustic. <laughs> More is better. Well, in truth, it was a lot of water savings, um, okay. chemical and water saving initiatives. Um, Oh, he throws sustainability yeah. out Ooh, right away. I just dropped that right yeah, there. <laughs> what, what did you come out of school with that background and got hired right away, or what? Uh, no, so yeah, um, I uh, I worked for Anheuser Busch for okay. about five years down in uh, Van Nuys. Got it. Where'd um, you go to school? Uh, we talked about this uh, yeah. on the way down. Uh, yeah. I went to um, so uh, I have an undergraduate degree from Chico State in microbiology, okay. and um, on a whim, I decided I really liked brewing, and uh, I went and got the Master's of Science degree from Harriet Watt. Um, Where's that? Scotland, at a, outside of Edinburgh. Oh, nice. Well, Chico a, boy in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, it was a little cold. Party town. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were probably a little surprised by you. They're yeah. like, "Wow, this one can keep up." Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, they uh, they certainly know how to drink there. I'll, I'll okay. tell you that. Yeah. So you go to school for that, and then get picked up by AB right after, or what? Yeah. Uh, well. Um, when I moved back to the States, so uh, I got married. Five days later, we moved to Scotland. Got it. Super awesome. Uh, my wife, will, t- my wife will tell you it was the best honeymoon ever. I was going to say, your honeymoon is moving. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, some boxes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we moved back to the States, um, I worked for a small pesticide company for like six months until uh, AB picked me up. Okay. Um, just, you know, random, random lab stuff. Yeah, you got lucky getting I, out of that. I did. Quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How'd you like working Still for AB? Him. I would imagine that it's, it's pretty interesting, your field there. Uh, so it was, um, I, I was, uh, I worked for AB before they were bought out from InBev. Okay. Um, and uh, the, I, I do have to say, I loved working for the company, and I know a lot of people, especially in our, our line, bag on them a lot. Sure. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll just say they're, they are, they, they know they're, uh, I can't. Can I say shit on you this? Can. Oh, yeah. Boom! Hey, oh, first oh, I did it before Terrence. Shit! Damn it! JP, um, I owe you twenty bucks. All right. <laughs> You're good and for I, it. I, I had all my money on Terrence. <laughs> I, be, I beat him to it. Well, um, truthfully, they are uh, they're very very good brewers in what they do, and so I mean I I learned um, 
I learned everything about uh, the process management um, working there uh, and people management. Okay. I mean, there's nothing like um, training for two weeks and then getting told you're running graveyard shift with a bunch of guys that are older than your father. Wow. Walking in and having them screaming at each other because they don't like the radio station. <laughs> uh, that, that was my first day on the job. Wait, I do that every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've had a union job before. That yeah, mm-hmm. it was right on. Um, but uh, I, I, I learned a tremendous amount uh, just from the brewing process side and, sure. and management of large systems uh, and brewing processes. So. You know, I can't imagine anybody coming in here and saying that they worked for, for AB and, and not saying similar things, that they didn't learn a ton or work for this you know, world-class brewing company, knowing what they're doing scientifically, technologically, right? If you said anything different, I might ask you to leave, because I, <laughs> I feel like you'd be lying, right? But people, you know, the stigma of AB, but forgetting all that, for a person who starting their career, it sounds like an awesome bit of experience. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and might I put words in your mouth? That's all pre-inbed, though, right? After Correct. inbed would be different. Story. Correct. Uh, so, I see. Um, he would have been laid off by now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm surprised I haven't been laid off <laughs> in my career job. <laughs> <laughs> well, the show's we, young. Thought about yeah, it, yeah. And here we go. Can, yeah. can yeah. Yeah. Listening? Yeah. Actually, that's, that's why we have the show. We're here to talk yeah, to you. intervention. You've been made redundant. Ah, damn it. Uh, (laughs) Um, No, I did get through the buyout. Um, I I worked before and after. Okay. uh, And I was was actually offered a job at Sierra Nevada, and I... um, That's your hometown. Yeah, and I grew up in Chico, so... Got it. It was always like, you know, it sounds sappy, but it was always... My dream was to, like, what can I do so that... 20 years from now, I can get enough experience to where Ken might want to hire me. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, and and so five years into it, I was offered a job there. And um, okay. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, I've, I truly have been kind of the luckiest person uh, that I know just from, from that perspective. I got to move back home, work at the company that I wanted to work for that sure. I thought might take me you know, 20 or 25 years. We're all um, sitting there going, who's and then, this whipper and then snapper? AB guy going to tell us what to do. And, and, and what to listen to. He's going to come and change our radio like, station. Uh, hey, it's all Grateful Dead all the time. Right. Hey, James, why don't you go swab yeah. the outside of another conical and leave us alone? I got a lot of that. I was, I was the first person hired outside the company as a supervisor. Um, wow. That's a oh, pretty right, big because, deal, man. Because yeah. Sierra's big yeah. about promoting from within. and yep. all, Oh, yep. so you must have pissed yep. some people off. I did. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now that's something to be said for Sierra Nevada. You know, all of you guys that I have met uh, from the brewery have worked there for, for so long that it's. I think that's also a testament to the company. It must be a great place to work. Either that or you, none of you can leave Chico. I, I can't figure it out. Yeah, we're no. we're all tagged with a chip. Yeah, it right, right. If really <laughs> Got it. Now, I, like for me, being there 24 years... Uh, um, when I was going to school, that was kind of... I had this idea of a couple breweries. I went to UC Davis and a couple breweries that I wanted to work for. And one of them was Anchor Steam and the other one was Sierra Nevada. Okay. Mainly Sierra Nevada because I just love their beer. Yeah, yeah. And so for me... Um, well, I, early on, I found out that Fritz Maytag didn't hire anyone that came out of UC Davis because he didn't want anyone to come into his... Uh, into yeah. Anchor and say, hey, this is what we can do. You know, it's like you learn it the Anchor way or you, mm, it's right. the highway, right? Right. And so Sierra Nevada, getting on there was uh, 
very quickly I found out that this is where I want to be. Sure. Um, the Ken Grossman and his family are just great to work for. They're great people. They're they're people people. It right? sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's that's that's what is. Yeah. Kept me going. Well, there's a few testaments to that even from the outside. It's nice to hear from you guys. And like I said, everybody I've talked to at Sierra seems so satisfied there. But a few things. Uh, it's one of the largest. Uh, it, it is the largest craft brewery in the U.S., right? Or do we st- is Sam Adams still the I forget. I so we have Sam and then Sierra right under. Um, but still privately owned. But still family owned, family. for that matter. Yes, um, yes. Privately family owned. Yeah, yep. which is yep. something. I think there's something because we all can be certain right here how many offers have come across uh, Ken's <laughs> oh desk, but that's not something he there, has found himself there, interested in. There was in. a, uh, when I was working there in 97, we were doing a uh, upgrade. We were getting a 200 barrel brew house okay. um, in 1997, building that brew house. And at the same time, his partner at that time. So it was founded by uh, Ken Grossman and then Paul Camusi. Okay. Um, Paul wanted out when we were expanding. He was kind of, he was done with the whole thing. He wanted it kind of the original size. And um, and as a company, like I remember Ken telling me personally that um, he had this obligation to his staff to increase production to make our lives better. Wow. Right? Yeah. Um, so financially make our lives better. So, you know, I, I took that as, wow, this guy really, really cares, right? Yeah. And so then Paul stepped up and kind of like, I'm out. I want to get out. And there was a, a brief moment there where Ken thought there was no way he could pay for the the new 200-barrel brew house remodel or uh, not remodel, but an entirely whole new brewery. Yeah, and also pay out Paul and the buyout. So, yeah, yeah. So there was there was people throwing money at or you know ideas of and that's out. tempting. That's very tempting at a moment like yeah. that. I remember him sitting in a meeting going, "This might happen." So you guys prepare yourselves. Okay. And, um, and they ended up buying uh, uh, some brewery up in Petaluma uh, I see. several years later. So how did you know how Ken figured out that situation? They got their craft brewery. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, a long time yeah, later, right. by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Took a while. Um, so. that, how did Ken end up navigating that situation? He just found private funding? He, to. Uh, he actually, there was a couple banker people that okay. really loved his story and loved what it was all about. And they, they actually... Uh, put their necks out uh, to get him that loan to mm. to pay off Paul and okay. uh, and be able to keep the the brewery um, moving in forward. His family. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's a good investment on the bank. It's whatever they they give him for for Paul is goes right back into the company. It's right. part of the asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, you know, it was it, it was pretty that that, that time uh, in my career was like really really fun because we were building a new brewery and then Ken was able to get you know. Funding to buy out part, and we were all in at that moment. Like I that see. was like it's a bonding experience. Um, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Want to hold hands? I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, wait, no, you, you guys are bonding company. We haven't had our bonding experience yet because oh, the cameras yeah. are still okay. on. Right. Okay. right. <laughs> yeah. But usually, <laughs> yeah, we'll close. That's the why you guys want me to be here until eleven. Huh? That's yes. right. Yeah. Usually, by the second break, uh, JP starts bonding with whoever's next to yeah. him, Terrence. So. I'm the John Lasseter of the Brewing Network. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We've had our bonding experience. It was called Beer Camp. Yeah, okay. that's true. Gonna, that's right. You know what happened at Beer Camp may have stayed at Beer Camp, but now you put me here. So. Yeah, Byron. <laughs> 
is here in the studio with us. Uh, he is the he's a failed master cicerone. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, so really making the boys proud back home. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> We're actually that test is enormously hard. Byron's joke with me uh, before the show that well it's not a joke that he failed, but that I, that I could go ahead and call him out on it. But what a hard test that is to pass anyway, oh, master. You know, at, at this point, hosting you guys for beer camp was probably more difficult. <laughs> Although yeah. a yeah. lot less sober, but still sure, fun. yeah, yes. we did have a good time. We did. Yeah. So now anything we do at Sierra Nevada, Byron uh, comes along with us. I think he's almost more our mascot than yours at this point, Terrence. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, wow. we'll, lend you, we'll lend you Beardy if you yeah. want. We can right. do a trade. Uh, so that's two Sierra people down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's talk about some of the beers that that put uh, craft beer on the map in America. And in fact, uh, my listeners already know this, but Sierra Nevada was my gateway beer. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I hated it the first time I had it. I, I thought it was terrible. But I had come from, you know, I was coming from Keystone Light or whatever it was. Right. And I showed up at somebody's barbecue and, you know, I said, oh, you know, why don't you try this? It's local. You know, it's from Northern California here. And, oh, boy, then I think it was awful. But... Every barbecue I showed up at, I had just moved up here. I know. I I had moved from Southern California to Northern California, so I I hadn't really heard of craft beer. Um, Well, it turns out every damn party I showed up at had this damn Sierra Nevada on tap. And before I, I know because before I knew it, I couldn't go back to the other. You know, oh my god, yeah. Oh, there was most bars. They had four taps, one Sierra Nevada, one Sierra. Just take a knee and you know, thank God. But this and now, uh, you know, I absolutely love it. Uh, I I grew to love it very quickly. It's strange how your palate does that, by the way. Almost any. Thing you that is really life changing for your palate in life, you have to beat it into submission first. Well, it's, it's, it's like you know what I always say. It's almost like salsa, right? Yeah. Like like the first couple times you've had salt and like hot salsa, you're like yeah, and you're like <laughs> you, you just keep dipping the chip, you know, and it's like pretty yeah. soon you're like holy shit, that whole bowl's gone. Right. Right. So, yeah. We're sort of a glutton yeah. for punishment yeah. that way. That fifteen uh, five gallon keg is gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and look at me now. I mean, a whole uh, a career. Career in craft beer, and it was, you know, for me and so many others, you know, it started with Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah, and it, for me personally, like, it's in, it's in my fridge. It's my wife's favorite beer. It's nice. my favorite beer. Um, usually I have at least one or two every single day. Is and that it's right? Like, yeah, and it's just a, I think I think it's a great session beer, yeah. even though it's five Five percent on draft and five six in the bottle. Um, it's still a session beer. I no, agree. It's still great drinking beer. Drink yeah. yeah. Let me ask you: Do you think it's it's changed at all flavor wise over the years? You'd, you'd, you'd no, be the best absolutely judge. not. I taste exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I hear. Uh, so I had some friends that went to Chico State back in the eighties, uh, and they talk about. Uh, the early days of when uh, you would get a keg of Sierra Nevada, and like they had no, well, they had they they had quality standards, right? But they didn't have the means of having everything in place that we have today. Okay. Um, so a lot of times, like you would go to a kegger, and it was like the first four pitchers were uh, slugs of yeast, and then okay, right. there's beer, let's go. Uh, <laughs> now we can start. So so I, I, it has changed a little bit. Okay. Um, I would say in my career there, it's changed very little. Really? Um, 
and, and James is on our our sensory panel uh, at the brewery, and every every week we actually go through and we do this test called True to Type, and it's it's how true is. And we, we taste beers because we have our uh, facility in Mills River, North Carolina, and we have Chico, and we actually cross-reference, and we look at how theirs compares to ours. Um, okay. and, and early on, that was a little shaky. It was, it was mm-hmm. a little difficult. It would um, have to be, I to, assume. Yeah, flavor match. You got different waters. Um, so, but that whole true to type is... It, it wavers on a very small scale. And, and, of course, we're not to toot our horns, but we're, we're trained tasters on this particular beer. Sure. So you can find memory nuances, right? Um, but generally speaking, it's yeah. across the board. And that's why I'm asking you. I've been drinking it for as long as you have, too, and I'm not tasting you know differences. But you're tasting it every day, and so, yeah, I bet there's subtle things. Yep. The hops are still the same as they ever were? Cascades, uh, we, we swap out uh, bittering hops okay. uh, up and down. Sure. We, we waver between uh, pearly and... Uh, Magnums and but always cascades in the finish. You're really so. just looking for alpha acids in the bittering hops, that, so it yeah, almost yeah. doesn't yep. matter there. Yep. Okay. Yep. You know what about when, um, or, or maybe you're already doing it. You know that this this very late hopping and whirlpool hopping is, has been the thing for years. Is, did you never switch to that nope. or no? Nope. Okay. Yeah. What is so what's your what time do you put in your aroma addition in this beer? For I'll instance, like five minutes, James. James Ten minutes. Do you know? I'm just curious because it's still a very aromatic and flavor hop uh, forward it's, beer. We, I think it it is um, third editions ten minutes before bef- yeah. Kettle strike okay, yeah. and then we add um, a ton ton right at, right yeah, at kettle strike right at kettle strike got and it kind okay. of mix that in um, and get it going okay. So. It's but, a wonderful beer. I still love it. Yeah, and it's, you know, the uh, the bottle beer, so those that don't know it, the, the draft is slightly different than the bottle beer. Bottle beer is actually bottle conditioned. And um, so we add, during the packaging, we add a little bit of yeast, uh, a little bit of sugar, um, and it goes through, uh, similar to what champagne goes through, it goes through a bottle conditioning process um, in our warehouse, sits for... 14 days and then hits the road and gets out on the shelves. So why do you that, still do that? It seems more consistent to just uh, you know get that carbonated ahead of time and put it in the bottle like everybody else. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, uh, newer people at the brewery, they're like, God, that's a pain in the ass, right? But, uh, well, but that goes it, it goes back to keeping it consistent because it definitely would change right. the flavor profile. Okay, that's of, a good point of the beer and yeah. and I mean uh, we have spent the last. 30 years being consistent, learning how to be consistent with it. So, right. um, it, I mean, if it's one thing that we are really, really dialed in and, and good at in our filtration uh, process and, and uh, bottle conditioning is making sure that we have the correct cell count and the correct sugar amount. And we have years of, of data um, looking at a, an alcohol percent pickup of 0.1 you know variation and, yeah and so it's um i mean we have it dialed in but it would change the flavor profile for yeah sure. we, we okay. actually well, there was a point uh when i was working there we actually toyed with that idea and okay. we actually took um our draft style uh which is not a uh, uh, bottle condition and we actually threw that into bottles and everybody was like, "Whoa, that is so different!" Because you get a, a real nice uh, fruity, fruity characteristics and kind of a 
uh, I find it kind of a silky mouthfeel with the bottle conditioning. Okay. Just a little. Smaller bubbles. Uh, yeah, a little just a nuance to it. So, And that all goes back to, like, Ken's home brewing days oh, sure. of, like, okay, you had to, in order to bottle beer, you had to bottle condition. Sure. And, and get it right. And also, too, in the early days, uh, the only kind of filler he could have to put beer into bottles um, was a soda filler. And soda fillers are not designed for double pre-evac, you know, like all the, all the technology <laughs> today. And, and that's what's, I, I think, extremely romantic about what Ken did in the early days hmm. is there wasn't the equipment available that you see today. Right. Right? You can't, like, back in those days, you, you couldn't open up a 10-barrel brewery and buy a brew house that made that small batches of beer. Got it. So he had to build it, and he had to get a soda filler, and, okay, I can't get the oxygen out of the beer, so how am I going to com- combat that? I'm going to add yeast to the bottle. Bottle and condition, And I'm going to yeah. bottle condition because it'll, it'll, the yeast will suck up all that oxygen. It won't oxidize the beer. Yeah. It won't make make the beer stale really Extend fast. the shelf life so those yep. hippies can draw it to get all over the country, right? Right. Yeah. Why do, that's what they do. Yeah. Why have the draft version be different then? Why not do cake conditioning? Okay, so like I that. told this story. I, 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 always, I always had this story in my head that, that it was, oh, because it's, it's, it's more quaffable. You can drink more, and it's a pitcher, and like. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and, and in Chico, like those that remember Chico back in the days, you used to be able to get a pitcher for like a buck. And um, and nice. you would just drink it to your head, right? you like, you, I'll take a pitcher. How many glasses? Just one. None. None. But um, but it was mainly for there were some states back in those days that uh, required any draft beer uh, had to be 5% or lower. Oh, so okay. uh, yeah. Texas was one of the main ones, um, you know. That so. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, and one of the reasons I asked about the consistency of stuff, you know, the the wild west of brewing that you're talking about that, that Ken had to sort of figure out. Um, there's a lot of emerging craft beer markets around the world right now that are experiencing actually the same thing. And, of course, it's not that the technology isn't available, but it's still cost prohibitive. Um, and in some places, it is somewhat un- unavailable. I-, I was just in Europe, and-, and every craft brewery that I went to, their beer is bottle conditioned. Um, but there's still kind of a lot of inconsistencies going on. And so I wanted to bring it up because there clearly is a way to do this right. And so even if you're stuck with doing that sort of method... It could be done right with a lab and, and, and just and data, of course. You know, make sure you're collecting data about how those bottles are being produced. You know, South America is an emerging market right now. Uh, China is a massive emerging craft beer market. Japan. And they're starting in some ways where Ken started uh, in terms of how they have to make the beer. You know? Yeah, and I, I, w- I would say, too, is, is uh, like one of, one of the things, and I'm sure you have a lot of listeners out there that are, you know, kind of are either getting into this profession or you know, yep. uh, or early on. Right. And, and I think James would agree with me is like, one of the things I learned like nearly first day on the job was you're giving, given all these senses that you should use 
continually when you're making beer and, and doing anything, right? Anything that you're passionate about, right? So you have your eyes and you have your ears and you got your you got your taste buds and like all that stuff. Like we can run th- stuff through machines and it'll tell mm-hmm. us it's got this sure. and that, right? Uh, but really what it comes down to is you can do a lot of that stuff yourself. Uh, obviously, like m- microbial, you know, you want to look at it and you can get an early idea like, oh, I got beer spoiling bacteria in there. Yeah. It's going to take me two months before I'm going to actually taste it. Um, but th- never lose sight of like what you have been given the to, senses. to really yeah. make great beer. Sure. Right? That so, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, and then while we're talking about some of these great legacy beers, I know that one of JP's all-time favorites, right, is the Sierra Nevada Porter. Uh, yes, yeah, Sierra Nevada Porter. I, uh, Warren and I rochambeaued ah. uh, between a Porter and the Stout. Okay, because you like them both. I like them both. Yeah. We like them both. We actually we were talking about this a couple of days ago. Who got what? Um, I got the Stout, and okay. he got the Porter. Because uh-huh. what I did is I was nice, and I asked him what he wanted. Oh. Instead of going for what I wanted, and then he just gets the chafe at the end. <laughs> we yeah. drew beard Hairs. Turns out mine's long. Because <laughs> <laughs> beardy was not yeah. nice, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. I don't have any long beard hairs down there, so it just. Uh, anyway. What do you? Which one do you prefer? Just as a, a fan, but the porter or the stout? I, I, I prefer. You know what? I prefer. I used to drink a lot of the stout when I was coming up, cutting my craft beer teeth. Yeah. Um, but I like porters a lot more. Okay. But I'm stoked, honestly, because Warren uh, Warren got the porter because. Stout is good. It's coming out good, huh? And I forgot how good it is. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's not... Like, a lot of American stouts are ashy and acrid. We've talked about this on a lot of shows. Like, when I try to do my oatmeal stout, I I don't want that kind of... That acrid, ashy crap in the stout. And this is is exactly what that is. And it's so... it's what that is, meaning it's not there. Yeah. Right? And it's an easy drink in stout. Yeah. And uh, it's exactly what, it's exactly the dark beer that I look for. Right. It's not offensive. It's not over your, it's not over the top. It's not, we're craft. We got to make sure that you know that we're different. Right. It's, it's a, it's a fucking beer. Excuse me. It's a beer. <laughs> and, and it, it's just, an American stout. It's an American yeah. stout. And that's it. And that's all I want, man. Well, that makes me want to ask you. Of course, we talked a lot about Ken, uh, but I don't want to forget about our friend, uh, Steve Dressler, uh, who's been on the program too. Yes. And I'm curious if some of these sort of legacy brands, uh, forgive me if you hate that term. I don't know what they've just no, been around. You know, okay. yeah. um, you know uh, were they just Ken's recipe and that was that? Or, or did someone like Steve, who had been with the brewery for so long, really uh, you know, help these along, too? I'm sure there was tweaks along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, Cascade is always featured or cascade stout is always featured cascade hops got it it, yeah and that was really actually ken's very first uh brewing was stouts okay at at the brewery and that was to dial in the brew house before he made pale ale makes sense he didn't want to come out of the gate and like he he pretty much was certain that pale ale was going to be the only way he could get beer into the hands of People that had never experienced craft beer. Yeah. Right? I mean, you had know. to transport that, out of the yeah, area. That's it's smart. Tra- you know, it's like, it, it had to travel well. It's like that, those friends that you have, and they're like, yeah, I only drink stout because it's got a lot of alcohol in it, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, the Guinness drinkers. And then you remind them that, you know, Guinness has less alcohol than Budweiser. Sure. And then they go, what? <laughs> it's impossible. Right? No way. Yeah. Can't happen. Um, it fills you up. Right. So, but um, but with the... with. Stout, it was a, an avenue where he could, 
do some little tweaks in the brew house and yeah. not really affect the final beer that he needed to sell to make that makes sense. Put food on the table. Yeah. Right. So. Well, and I think that's a big part of why the original Gilman Way brew house is on the label now, mm-hmm. is to harken back to that original history of stout and just get to the roots of where he started. Yeah. yeah and there's definitely a big, huge, I don't know, debate at the brewery. Are you a Porter fan or are you a stout fan? Ah. And uh, I'm a stout guy. Okay. Because I like it for the same reasons that everybody else does. Sure. I'm it a doesn't have the, guy. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. have that same bite. And Terrence and I will have the same debate about draft and bottle. Okay. And right. things like that. Like, yeah. These but, are bottle conditioned as well, the stout the, and the porter? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the original so, five. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So uh, original five beers are bottle conditioned. So it's pale, porter, stout, celebration ale, and Bigfoot barley wine. Okay. So those are the only five. Um, you know, if you ever come to visit our brewery and you, like, look at the landscape of it, and you guys got to tour it, right? Yeah. Um, our warehouse is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's as big as you would find in any major brewery, uh, large-scale, uh, 10-million-barrel brewery because of the bottle conditioning process. It takes so much time and, you know, 14 days in the bottle. A lot of times um, the Bigfoot Barley Wine... You can kind of comment on this. Is is takes roughly 20, 20 21 days. Yeah, really. Just because the high alcohol, the the yeast doesn't really want to. It's it's not really excited about working. Sure. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you're a lager brewery without being a lager brewery. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> just because of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, JP uh, uh, Beardy, anything to say about the porter before we uh, move uh, on? I haven't had this beer in a long time, yeah. and it reminds me why I used to drink a lot of it because the the chocolate flavors with just a little bit of roastiness, and it's not it doesn't weigh ten pounds in your mouth like a lot of craft porter does. Yeah, it's got the right amount of body to it. It's a beautiful beer, yeah. isn't it? I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. Are, the, are these still big sellers for for you guys, porter and the stout and? What don't do you we, think? Don't we wish? Right. So that's, <laughs> yeah. And I wonder that, right? So, so the stout shall rise again. So if, <laughs> if we were to look at your sales graph, for example, over the last fifteen years, we we would see a decline. You see a decline. But you guys, stout. they made tor- this torpedo way too good. They made some beer, other beers right. Just so popular, yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem. Well, which we're going to talk about too, because I, you know, and and you guys might not like this depiction. We're going to get into this later, but but my thought is that you guys actually kind of I don't know whether consciously or just got to the point where you caught up with the demand for Sierra Nevada Pale Ale that you were able to now just start branching out like crazy. Because to me I feel like you could pinpoint a time somewhere between 5 and 8 or 5 and 10 years ago where all of a sudden I'm seeing 10 different Sierra Nevada beers on tap all of them wonderful and I never assumed like well, they're just, you know, all they do is pale ale. They're bored of that. Like, I know your story. Pretty, you got yeah. your ears pretty Is that about what I right. fucking nailed it. I've been a fan <laughs> for a long time. So I sort of watched it happen. Right. And, it, again, I, I don't think it was because you guys were complacent or bored or something. I, my theory was that you couldn't keep up with pale ale for so long that you finally caught up production-wise and were able to produce different beers. Uh, you want me to answer? Sure, go ahead. Okay. We already dove in. Why not? All right. I have my own thoughts. Yeah, um, I have my own thoughts. So, so a couple theories behind it was um, eight years ago was our 30th anniversary. Okay. Uh, and we started uh, delving into, we put a pilot bottling line in. Uh, we started doing cork and cage. And I think that was kind of when people went, 
well, they can make something other than pale or right. porter and stout. Um, and that got a little bit of interest. But I think also, too, the consumer was a, a little bit ready for... Yeah, and in, in, in not that I, um, I'm probably going to offend some people, um, but that that kind of, I always want something new. Like no. to, oh, to yeah. me, like uh, the rotating like, tap model. Right. Well. Well. So we're look at the, you know, the board up here is full of different beers. Every we're night. old, right? Yeah. Tasty. In, in order for your salespeople <laughs> no, to compete. You include us all in that. Exactly. I know, I know. I, I know. That's why I just looked at him, right? Um, but, but like, like that concept of like, um, so I'm going to tell this story because I think it's, it's, it's kind of cool. I like it. You guys might find it boring. But um, my, my son's math teacher. I know. <laughs> That's your bonding moment, too. <laughs> awesome. No, my son's math teacher came to me, and, and he's a part of our Alpha Hop Society Club. And we're chatting, and I'm like, hey, what's your go-to beer? Like, what do you have in the fridge? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, what do you put in the fridge that you can, like, like every night or, oh, you know? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I don't have, like, a favorite beer. It's different. What do you mean? Yeah. And he's like, I just go out, and I, I buy something I've never bought before. Oh, I'm wow, like, but yeah. what, what happens when you find that that shining star? Don't you just go buy it again? He's yeah. like, no, there'll be another shining star. Like, around the corner. <laughs> I'm just like, Millennials. what the hell? I am, <laughs> I'm what so old, that? I, do, I cannot relate to that know, at all. Right? No. It's like, it's, uh, it's like you know, I, I mean, I go to the store, and I buy the, the same bologna because it tastes <laughs> really good, right? Yeah. You know? I haven't bought a different sandwich at the deli in 15 years. I, I found the perfect sandwich. I get it every time. This right, right. is an absolute truth. I know, it's, I've yeah, seen I the sandwiches. I, don't, I understand that it happens. I just don't understand how. Right. That's right. why I don't shower anymore. I took one really good shower. Right. Yeah. You tell really us about it all the time. Yeah. 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 That's also why I'm not a heroin another, addict. Another bonding moment. <laughs> but even our model here, uh, right here at the Hop Grenade is the same. We knew that we wanted our, our tap list to, to rotate all the time. Not for me, because I order the same pale ale or, or the same range of pale ales every time I'm in my own bar. Right. But our customers want to see something new every right. week, and that's what we do. Um, okay, so you guys... And thankfully, wait. I, I don't think I ever answered the question. Did well, it's, you, it was good. Yeah, well, yeah. you blamed young people. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically, it's, yeah, you blamed me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what I got. Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn! Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, cost me, more than they used to. <laughs> to me, the question was, why did you expand your product line so much? I just think there was that. Well, we were ready to. You're bored, or you wanted to get. More since you can see bars going to multi multi, you know they need more different beers from you guys. You had to make different beers. Yeah, and I think we wanted to a little bit. Yeah, I think that was a big part. I mean, because yeah, it was seven. I want to say seven about seven years ago. Hmm. I mean, it was right when I started is when we first really started to 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 delve into different beers. How long um, has beer camp been going on? Oh, two thousand nine was the first year. That, I remember. Right. Yep. Yep. See that was like your impetus into making all these different beers. And, and I'm sure you saw in your own pub there in, in, in Chico that people were enthused to see these new beers right. you were making yep. every week. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, well, people it, ask all the time, how many different beers have we done? And I'm it, like, <laughs> at least 213 at this point. See, and that would surprise our Brewing Network fans across the country in some ways who don't have access to the 213. For one, for the longest time, only Chico had access to it, right? Yep. yep. Okay. And then so in the last eight years or so, you've started to make that some of those and new ones more available not only across California, but to the rest of the country, too. Yeah, and a little bit of that, like, expanding on what you're saying. Like, like our tap room has 19 handles. Uh, I think it's 19, right? Which is uh, pretty small for a beer bar like, nowadays, right? Isn't it? Right. <laughs> and, um, but it, it's so funny because we have the regulars. Like, we have some regulars that come to our pub that were back in the Gilman days where they would go in and they would trade. So those that don't know, Butte County is like huge in nuts, right? We got a lot of nuts up there. Nice. Like, I mean, like crazy people, but we also right. have like salmons, I should okay, say. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and actually, um, the, the hardcore people that have been around forever, like they come in and they, they, they're satisfied. Pale, porter, stout on tap, right? Sure. And, but, we got college kids, right? And we want them to kind of come in and like have some youth around, right? Uh, and, and and so uh, so they'll they'll actually like they want something to change. And like it was so funny because I, I got in this dialogue uh, on Facebook uh, uh, with, with one of our pub regulars, and I was talking about um, I was talking about uh, you know our beers on tap, and he's like. Shit, there was seven IPAs on tap. And I'm like, yeah, you should have come in today. There was ten, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right. Well, yeah, and you know, when I started there like ten years ago, there was Pale, Porter, Stout, uh, our old Red Label Wheat, and then a Seasonal, and then Bigfoot every once in a while. And that kind of explains everything about beer. Like, (laughs) in the ten years, like, people, I don't even know how many different beers we do or how many different beers. We probably have like 40 different SKUs in the gift shop right now. Wow. And probably 10 or 15 of those are all the Trip in the Woods series, all the barrel-aged beers. Okay. You know, it's that experience of going to a brewery and like, I want something different. Yep. Like, I don't want the beer I can get everywhere else. I want to go to your brewery and get something I can't get anywhere else. Well, way to keep up with that, too. Like I said, I always... Felt you guys did it because that's the kind of brewers that you are, and it's more it's more exciting for you. It's more exciting for us. But let's be honest, there are breweries that have been around for a while who didn't really adapt to that. They didn't make that change, and uh, I think some of them are seeing the problem with that right now. Some of the larger, you know, some of the mid-sized breweries right now that have been around since before we started here at the BN, yeah, they're kind of in trouble, you know, getting bought out, going bankrupt. One of them just got auctioned off. Yeah, they're getting um, sold and yeah, uh, liquidated. And yeah, I don't think you guys were ever at risk of that. And maybe this is just me speaking as a fan because, uh, like I said, I always just felt like you were keeping up with pale ale until you had and then finally i felt like ken was like ken and maybe steve oh my god we caught up with pale ale now we can start making 10 other beers and let's have some fun with it right i'm sticking with my theory by the way because it's it's romantic for me it's it's funny because you you brought up dressler like um dressler ended up becoming this really big like malt malt driven brewer yeah He he was pretty much all about like malty beers he liked his best bitters and um Subtle hopping, yeah, uh, 
beers uh, that we would put on in, in the tap room. And I remember, and part of it was Ken and, and Ken's brother, uh, Steve Grossman. He'd always just come in and goes, yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good best bitter. You can just, like, dry hop the shit out of that, and that'd be great. You know, it's like, no, yeah. it's not a best bitter anymore. You can't do that. It becomes like, a session IPA now, okay? Yeah, uh, shut up, Steve. We're yeah, doing it right. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, Steve's, Steve's on vacation. Let's yeah. work with that bitter this week. <laughs> All right, I got to get us to a break because we've got a lot more to do. Um, but when we come back, uh, we're going to taste uh, JP and Beardy's uh, favorite style. We're going to get into uh, some hazy beer, uh, which I think was not me. We snore the same. And one of my favorite styles, uh, a Mexican lager. Uh, I don't know, is oh, that what yes. you, you guys just call yeah. it lager, I think, but it's kind of a Mexican lager, the uh, Sierra Vesa. Sierra Vesa. Call it that. All right, so we're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break, take care of some business here. When we come back, more with Sierra Nevada, more beer to try. Triple eight four zero one beer. If you want to call in and ask any questions, uh, you can join JP in the chat room and hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises blickman engineering has the answer the blickman brew easy all grain brewing system the brew easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design perfect for any size brewing location at its core the brew easy is built on two gorgeous blickman boilermaker brew kettles a high temperature march pump and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater the brew easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack 
stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. All right, welcome back to the program. We're still talking to Sierra Nevada here. Got a lot of beer left to taste, too. So thanks for joining us. Don't forget about White Labs. Um, You know... They've got that new yeast vault for homebrewers. I've had it now for a little while. And also, by the way, the the, uh, the makers of that WLP-001, I think, might somehow be associated with the brewery I've we have. we have on the show here. A, a wonderful yeast, sometimes known as Chico yeast. I believe it has a good uh, slang term for that. Uh, we love the guys at White Labs. They love you, too. Um, they've got a collection of one-of-a-kind one specialty strains, and you're able to pre-order and decide which strains are released to homebrewers. White Labs has added 20 new strains to the vault right now, and other strains will be added throughout the year. So all you have to do is visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and place a pre-order on the strain you'd like to use. Once it reaches 150 orders, so you guys get to do this together, homebrewers, White Labs will, will release the yeast and ship it directly to your doorstep. And there's good news for pro brewers, too, because if you want access to any of the vault strains for your next brew day, just place a minimum order of one and a half liters through yeastman.com or contact a customer service rep, and you'll get access to all the unique specialty strains to whitelabs.com slash the bolt. Yeah, that 001 yeast. Could, could you could you imagine what Ken uh, Ken would have been like a pig in shit back in the day? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like white labs. Yeah, he, he's like <laughs> right, he's like ripping open the, uh, the 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 dried yeast and like pouring it in <laughs> Fleshman's yeast or whatever that was. <laughs> From the grocery store right, shelf. Yeah, right, right, right. Now he's like he's like got these damn new brewers. They call white labs. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't to call white anything. <laughs> Making my own yeast up there <laughs> yeah all right so uh one of the beers that i wanted to talk about tonight uh, a new beer for you guys the sierra vesa um james you want to tell us about this beer uh yeah so i guess it, it falls within what this is be, your baby right yeah I, yeah everybody gives me a hard yeah, time yeah. for it okay um, about a year and a half ago i just kind of said let's let's make a mexican lager yeah um because 
We all love to drink Mexican lagers, right? I mean, typically a lot of brewers like to make beers they like to drink, and, yeah. and that's what I wanted to do. And it took me about this long to, to make a beer that was good, mm-hmm. well, you know, because it takes a little while. And, um, and also, you know, beat it into the heads of people like Terrence that we should actually sell it. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I drink it any time it's on tap. You, you like know, it right? now. But I, yeah. I don't pay for my beer, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, a, a ringing uh, <laughs> endorsement for this beer. Yeah. <laughs> Best drink so Terrence drinks it. Well, why did you think maybe not sell it, Terrence? You just think it wasn't in the minds no, no, of craft I, brewers? I, I didn't. Uh, so one of the one of the hard, hard things, I think, uh, you know, craft brewers getting in the lager category right they're not really i think the core craft drinker is not like looking at a particular craft brewer going oh man i can't wait until they come out with a lager right it's when's yeah. the next ipa coming out or double ipa or triple ipa or yeah you know barrel age this or sour that right mm. um so so it's a little bit of a hard sell but i do agree with like what james said is like it's amazing because i because i think craft beers craft brewers make some of the best loggers you'll ever have in your life now they do i agree and, yeah. and it, it it is it's like strictly like the brewers are like okay i'm getting off work i want something to drink yeah, uh, yeah. i need like two or three loggers yeah <laughs> that's right um so yeah. as long as they're fermented cold though yeah. so yeah. tell yeah. us about how traditional is this filter too, <laughs> yeah <laughs> How, how traditional is this as a as a Mexican style lager, if, if that's even what you guys call it? Um, yeah, well, I think if that's in the descriptor somewhere. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, he nodded. Um, yeah. But um, you know, not not ever really having brewed like Modelo or anything like that. I mean, I can't. Um, I, you know, I can't totally say. Uh, we are we do use um, a small amount of uh, of corn. Okay. Um, and uh, we're using um, uh, Mexican lager yeast strain. So just the the profile, the ester profile, and everything coming out of it is is uh, more. You know, it just directs us more in that style of what you'd be looking for when you're drinking. Yeah. What you think of as a Mexican lager? Sure. I mean, and we tried to hit the the honey the honey notes and with and you know a little graham cracker and. Um, and that graininess in there. Uh, I mean, I eat a lot of burritos, and I drink a lot of Mexican lager when I eat Mexican food. So yeah. that's, you know, I mean. I think you nailed it. What kind of hops go into Mexican lager? Uh, on Mexican a, hops. Yeah, Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our side business across the border. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hops, I'm uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, in this, uh, because we're, we're really trying, which – and this was a hard sell in our company is to make something that wasn't hoppy, yeah. which, first of all, was like, you know, I suggested that. And then it was, you know, the pitchforks came out. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, it's we just use a little bit of Sterling hops. OK, that's a German hop, right? Sterling or is that is that Pacific Northwest kind of a takeoff of German hops? I forget. It's German. hop. It is German. hop. OK. And whole leaf, like the, the yep. Sierra yep. tradition of yep. whole leaf. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really trying to stick just very minimal, uh, very minimal hopping on this. Just enough, I mean, enough to give you just a little bit of bittering, keep your boil down in the kettle. Yeah. Um, but not, you know, we wanted the, the malt and the yeast to shine through on this beer. And so, I, so what's the ABV? Oh, God. This, is, this one is, so we, we've been playing with some, like, test batches. This is probably mid 4.5. Four 
four six ish. Four six, four six. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got it at four eight on my menu yep. here. Yeah, at the so hot grenade. Somewhere oh, right good. around you, there. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? It's yeah. four eight. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. At about twenty five IBU. Or? I think I think it's coming out. Uh, we're gonna p- actually put this in the bottle. It'll 20. come in our bottle. summer mm-hmm. summer pack oh, summer. Uh, yep. that will be out. Um, you know when brewers call summer, which mm-hmm. is like April. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, April May you'll you'll see this on the shelves. Okay. Uh, it'll be in a variety pack uh, with a Kolsch, um, this pale ale, and nice. Oh, I'm forgetting. Sidecar Orange IPA, and uh, so, anyways, it's five on the label. So we'll be okay. we'll be hitting five on uh, on the final beer. Got it. But I was a big fan of Nooner uh, when it came out. Drank that for a while. I'm happy to swap out Nooner for this one just for a little something different in yep. in the lager uh, category. You know what I, I I like about it? and I think all of us kind of as we were uh, we were uh, James was running our uh, new product development meetings was um, we really like that like, like little bit of sweetness in it. That I think comes from the corn and just yeah, the, yeah, everything. I mean, from the yeah, from the corn and then just the the fermentation profile of the yeast. What percentage of corn do you know? Oh, uh, right now we're shooting for twenty percent. Twenty percent, okay. And is the rest just a, a pilsner malt? <laughs> yep. So just a straight pilsner malt, twenty percent corn. Um, the the Sterling Mexican hops. lager yeast yep. and Sterling hops. Yep, uh, out of Mexico. Yeah, out of, of course. Out of Mexico. <laughs> Sterling hops grown in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, the Sinaloan Valley right there. <laughs> hops. Yeah, a walking. <laughs> are, are you using flaked corn or are you doing a special mash for? Uh, yeah, we're using flaked corn. We okay. we don't have. Um, I mean, very few uh, craft breweries really can deal with you know can deal with adjuncts that way. Okay. Well, you used to work for one. I did. I did. You I did. <laughs> <laughs> Put some cereal cookers in right. Yeah, right. <laughs> we just need a lot of cereal cookers and enzymes. Uh, right. and good to go. Well, I'm a big fan of the multi-packs. So you guys I, were pioneers of that as far as I'm concerned. I think Stone might have done one some time ago, but you guys have, have a regular release of a multi-pack. Yeah, we've uh, we've actually delved into uh, a couple different, uh, you know, our fir- first one was kind of variety pack bottles. Now we're doing actually variety pack cans um, uh, with with uh, experimental hop, fresh hop, and we're going to do a uh, Southern Hemisphere hop pack. So uh, four different beers in those. There's a, uh, well... The Fresh Hop, if anyone's listening out there, the Fresh Hop pack, when we actually ran it, we had an IPL, we had a session IPA, an IPA, and a double IPA. Um, the IPL went uh, south on us, oh. uh, and we had to make a last-minute ditch effort. Um, so we actually pulled that one out, and we put Celebration in cans uh, for the first time ever. And, wow. and, and put it in that pack. And actually, we stoked out a bunch of people. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, how do we so make I've been this? bothering you guys about selling cans for <laughs> right. like wow. weeks. It, yeah, it was pretty cool. So it was Wait, actually though, just. I'm sorry. You must have ordered all the packaging for the IPL and everything before you knew the beer went south, right? Like, were you stuck with all that shit and had to change it? Yeah. Oh yeah. God. And you know, just James, so, what did you do? Uh, a bonfire, a large bonfire, and then production was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Oh <laughs> man. You know, it was it was it was kind of funny because because uh, you know some of us. I, I was actually on the road when that happened, and it was like, "Oh shit, that sounds bad." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not good. And it was yeah. the quick thinking, like the you know, I think. Uh, one of the things that that I think we do well um, at Sierra Nevada is we're, we're pretty good problem solvers. Yeah, and it's great to have you know the the staffing we have and um, skills. And stuff. 
Right, and and it's like you know, it's 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 never doomsday, right? We're we're making beer after all, sure, right? Yeah. So, um, so I mean, I would have just sent Byron out there with a sharpie, yeah, and, right, right. you know, crossed out uh, <laughs> IPL on every box. Yeah. I know. charge a bottle for every repack I do. <laughs> right, right, right. I believe those are that. all hand packed. Yeah, man. yeah those, those like, twelve those... packs come to you with eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one does not go to eleven. Um, yeah. Okay. Pour a little on the curb when you have a. Mix 12 pack. <laughs> right, Somebody right. had to take those bottles and put them in a box. Right. Oh, wow. Is that still manual, or did you guys buy some automation that makes that easier to make uh, those it's, packs? It's, Robots. It's manual. It's manual. Yeah, yep. this guy man who's been with us for a long Manuel. time. It's pronounced yeah. Manuel, but <laughs> yeah. do you have any? Do you have like in feeds that'll bring the older, we, other well, bottles? So into what a, we do is like um, so in the bottle variety packs, the cans actually were were not quite set up to do cans, so we actually send those out and have those uh, run, which is probably pretty automated somewhat. But mm-hmm. someone still has to take the cans out of the pack. But what we do is is so the variety pack, each one of the beers is actually packaged into that variety box. Oh. Uh, they use a little bit less glue on it so at it. that time, so they can open it easily. Um, but they'll they'll line up the four different beers, and it's literally on just a the almost like a bucket brigade of pull out all the beers. Put four in this one, four, four of that beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of crazy to see. And when everybody sees like the solid twelves being made, they're like, "Wait, where's the other three beers?" Yeah. Things like that. And I will say this: this is speaking to the Sierra thing. I was out there helping repack one day, and our CFO was the guy on the other side of the conveyor with me mm-hmm. helping pack. And I don't think that's a common thing at a lot of other breweries that the guy who's Name is like literally scribbled on the bottom of my paycheck. Right, is helping repack. Sure, like, yeah, it's huge. He was probably just watching you trying no, to make sure you don't screw yeah, things up. Byron, I'm sure you're not taking that yeah. twelfth yeah. beer. Yeah. Out of the pack and drink it. yeah, he's a big fan of that show, Undercover Boss. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, my name's Jeffrey. Hello, yeah. I am new we, here. We, Hello, this is Myron Evil Twin. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we had this. Uh, we had a lady that used to work for us. Uh, uh, was our quality director and. And I remember one time she was doing an interview, and she's like, we taste every single bottle that leaves here. <laughs> and so I always tell people, that's what that little bit is missing yeah. out of the top of the bottle. You know, that's, that's, that's Byron on the line, like, oh, that one's good, put a crown on it. Yep, that one's good, put a crown on it. He invented that position yeah, right, for himself. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> Steady work. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, I wanted to jump into our next beer, um, which is a new beer that you guys have put out. Uh, a friend of mine gave it to me just the other day, actually. I, I really liked it. Hazy Little Thing IPA. That's a hell of a friend you got and, there. Uh, <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the things that made me bring up this beer is that uh, we always send a pre-interview to our guests. And, and when, when Terrence wrote back, uh, one of the questions yeah. we always ask is, like, there anything, you know, that you're into right now? Anything new? Anything exciting, you know, in the beer world? And, and Terrence kind of wrote, you know, I'm... Uh, something I'm into, this hazy beer thing. Uh, something I'm not into, this hazy, hazy beer, beer thing. <laughs> right. yeah. And so that, I that just, we, we talk about this a lot on the show, so I, I was a little bit reluctant to bring it up, but, but I just have to. And yeah. I, I'm curious about your opinion. Now you guys, you're rolling this out nationwide, right? Right. Yep. Okay. Um, and so this is, in, in no means is this a New England IPA, and we're not intending it to be a New England IPA. I think what we're trying to do is play off of some of the nuances that are in a New England IPA that make it 
so appealing and so drinkable. Okay. Right? Um, so that said, um, my comments were... I know there's this vast amount of people that are all about him, right? And then there's the the traditionalists that are like, you kids. Um, So, and I'm on that fence, right? Um, Because I feel like I'm young, but I'm really old. Um, But but I think, so Charlie Bamforth, he's been on your show before. And and he posted something. Like, he is... is absolutely appalled oh, with like the fact that someone doesn't filter a beer right and it's not bright and brilliant right yeah yeah Smart and so man. he actually posted these two and it was a, it was a great post which do you prefer oh. and he had a glass oh, yeah. right? he had the, he had the the clear brilliant beer and then he had the hazy beer yeah and someone on his one of his friends actually commented and I think he said it best. He's like, last year, the one on the left, which is bright and brilliant. This year, the one on the right. Great comment. Yeah. And I am like, that's where I'm at. Because it took me drinking some hazy IPAs to go, now I get it, right? It's, okay. It's, they're, they're easy drinking. They're the, the silky mouthfeel, uh, the hop aroma, the hop flavor. The lack of or lower bitterness, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there's a point for me is is with aggressive bitterness that I'm not always up for that all the time. But there's certain times I am. Right? Sure, sure. You know, right? And in the aggressive, I'm glad that you brought up the the kind of silky mouthfeel. It's one of the first things I picked up from your beer here, the the haze little thing. When you get into aggressive bitterness, I think it affects everything in the beer, including that silky mouthfeel. All of a sudden, in, in a hazy beer or any other beer, that silky mouthfeel becomes prickly and, and stuck and cloying. Right. So it is a balance there that you guys are doing. Yeah, and I'll let uh, James can like comment on this because we played a lot with the salting uh, on on this beer in okay. particular. So Interesting. Yeah, we, we did. Uh, you know, I mean, the... The, the old chloride sulfate sulfate chloride ratio sure. ratios and balances um, uh, it, it, this took us quite a while to get w- what we would want to put out for for the mouthfeel and and I mean particularly the the aroma and the flavor mm-hmm. um, you know and not uh, we we have been very much stuck on what I guess what would be called the West Coast style IPAs for a long time. And and um, we're pretty damn good at doing those. Sure. Um, yeah. And um, and so so to to kind of reverse ourselves and and figure out how how to do it like Terrence was saying without without that West Coast bitter um, took us quite a while uh, because we've always tried. We added less hops. Yeah, we added less in the bittering. Yeah, we okay. Just, we just, yeah. That, was, yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing we did. Yeah. It took it's a really torpedo <laughs> just with less hops. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! If we drop it by ten pounds, whoa! It's less bitter. <laughs> Um, no, no, it, it was, it, you know, learning, uh, we, we used, um, uh, oats in this product, uh, okay. so malted and, um, and just flaked oats, uh, and learning those products because we'd never really worked with those before, uh, to try to get the mouthfeel and, um, how they work, how they work through our brew house and, and just, you know, in general, the, the, yeah. the oat product, um, so this was very much a learning experience for us of how to kind of turn uh, what we have always done on on its head and get um, get the less bitterness, but that silky 
uh, mouthfeel and yeah. really explode the, uh, you know, as the pitch, the, the juicy flavor, I sure, guess. Sure, of course. So, so what you, sort of sulfate oh, yeah. ratio is in this beer? Yeah, that's what I wanted to Versus ask. Versus like the Celebration Ale or the... Or the uh, Paleo. Okay. Come on, off the top of your head. Right. Oh, yeah. God, I write all this stuff yeah. down so I don't have to remember. I mean, um, well, uh, even in theory, like, w- yeah, what alterations? Because you said in, you tried in, the, the, the normal route. Yeah, well, in, so in theory, right, I mean, you, you're going to want um, you want to lower sulfate ratios. Uh, um, and uh, typically, you know, we, we've, we've, over the years, we've looked at, at these because we do have the instrumentation in, in order to, to measure. Um, but yeah, the, the studies, I guess, and what we've done to really kind of correlate, oh, well, a one-to-one ratio helps us with this. And anytime you're changing your malt bill, it's different. And anytime you're changing your hops, it's different. Um, so we kind of rolled the dice, and we definitely went with a much um, a much diminished sulfate ratio sure. uh, and, and much more chloride. Uh, I mean, we're sticking still more kind of in the one-to-one ratio on these. I mean, but when typically we've been very much higher in the sulfate, yeah, range of yeah, things. Yeah, one to so, one, it'd be to be typical for a New England style beer. Yeah, and then a, uh, a hoppy beer, you know, it could be like three, four, seven to one if you want to go nuts. Yep. How long did it take to nail uh, the haze stability? Versus, like, did you did you brew it? Let it one sit day. on the shelf. Oh, really? One day? Oh, first time? That's how long it takes to settle. And then we pour yeah. it, and it's like, whoa, the haze is back. Uh, <laughs> it, actually, it took it took quite a while. When did we start no, working it, on this? It's still, I, it's, I think. Uh, we're still ironing be, it out. To be, okay. to, to okay. be 100% honest, like, uh, we're still learning. Like, okay. like, this is a beer we've been brewing since, uh, what, like, August? Uh, yeah, I think maybe it started in J- July. July. July, August. And it was like, we had like a, a month to go for yeah. full production, and we were like, oh, wow. Oh shit! <laughs> wow, <laughs> we got to get this that right. Wall is coming. Here. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. uh, so, anyways, um, we're still learning a little bit, and we, we okay. see a little bit like uh, in some of our draft accounts, we've had a little bit of issue. Uh, but that's a long amount of settling, and mm-hmm. you know, it was like it, it was great. Like we got a couple, uh, got a couple complaints like right around Christmas time, and it was like, yeah, the bar was closed for four days, and then they poured. <laughs> And there was some, so you, right. naturally you're going to have some settling. Just uh-huh. gravity works sure. the way gravity works, right? Can and, I uh, can yeah. I ask how long it took you old guys like me to stop laughing in the brewery when somebody said haze stability? Yeah, right. How are laugh. we doing on the haze? <laughs> st- <laughs> I can't even say it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does it doesn't sound ridiculous now, yeah, e- even yeah. now, to say right. something like right. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we were fear, yeah. Fear, fearful of chill haze back right okay. in the day. Yeah. Now, now we're like, oh, let's uh, how much haze yeah. can we get in that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how much can so, we keep in it? Yeah. Right. It's a bizarre, yeah. it's a bizarre right. feat to try to aim for. Right. Upside right. down yeah. world. It, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, now, yeah. did you – I'm sorry i got to put you on the spot with this question, but did you brew this beer because it's what is one of the best-selling beers right now or because one of you was genuinely interested in the style or something? I think we were we were actually playing with it, and in, in part of it was like, oh, wow, it was it's so hip and cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, let's delve in there and see, you know? And, and, and honestly, so I go back to, like, our sensory comments of, uh, you know, we're trained to taste beer. Mm-hmm. And taste it for a lot of times. Taste it for flaws, um, generally speaking. Um, and we were getting a lot of beers coming in that were, you know, 
rated, I don't know, four and a half stars on whatever, right? Okay. And uh, I won't say it, but, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but rated super high. And we're getting them and we're like, it's clearly oxidized. That is like, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. well, right. right? And and so we wanted to see what, okay, what what is the craze all about? And, and of course, a lot of us had traveled a little bit and gone to some breweries when it's really fresh. And, and so you kind of get an understanding, like, oh, can we do that? And then we were making a beer for uh, Chico Pub. Uh, yeah, we were making the, the Chico, just a Chico area New England style IPA. Okay. Um, just to release, you know, yeah, it's called FOMO. Called FOMO, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, perfect name. Right. Yeah, And I mean, I we we were chasing, yeah, we were chasing the, the okay. New England thing. But I mean, in, in truth, we were just, we just wanted to release something that was the super juicy bomb and all that good stuff in okay. the local area. Um, and you should have seen the locals like yeah. all the not those like the old timers are like what the right. hell is that? Um, but all the all the young kids, you know, oh, the Chico beer enthusiasts, they're like, we put it in crowlers and it was gone. And like I don't know, it, it was like the craze you see everybody like lining up to get a beer. Like, right. Oh yeah, and, and for, the old guys are just like because Ken's in there a lot. I can see him go, hey Ken, what'd your filter break <laughs> after all these years? You can't filter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, so forget about hay stability for a second. Uh, Thank you. Let's talk about shelf stability. Now, you're sending this across the country, uh, which is yeah. a topic in itself, because I don't know that the entire country is into hazy beer yet and, and this flavor. Garrett Oliver quoted recently in a magazine, I forget which one, but he was kind of saying, you know, I, I like the hazy beer style. I think they taste great, fresh. I don't know how anybody's going to have any shelf stability with them. And that was one of his concerns uh, with the style. What do you guys think about that part of it? Uh, a concern. Um, we kind of feel, um, and this is uh, this is Sierra Nevada opinion. It's it's definitely my opinion because I said this is how we should talk about the beer. Um, <laughs> is that um, our quality standards um, would uh, again? I don't want I don't want to toot uh, my horn, but uh, our quality standards are so high yeah. uh, that I just feel like our packaging. Um, like our oxygen levels and anything we do, um, I'll stand by this. You guys are willing for, to. Obviously, yeah, you're willing. You're yeah, sending yeah. it out. And, and honestly, like we we took some of this beer um, that was packaged early on, kind of the test batches, uh, and we felt very comfortable. I think you know, there's a, there's a certain cutoff point, right? You got to make, uh, and we're saying this is 150 day IPA. Now, okay, granted, this is. Truly taken care of, right? It's yeah. always stored cold, and it's sure. always, um, you know, are you going to taste a little bit different at 150 days compared to day one? Absolutely. Okay. But, but that's, uh, that's... So does leftover spaghetti. <laughs> I, I know, right? right? Yeah. I'm actually surprised to even hear you give a number uh, about that. Uh, you know, because there's, there's other breweries who put out j- just great IPAs who just say... Drink it now. Drink it yeah, fresh, yeah. which is a fair, fair statement for this beer, too. But um, you're, you're kind so of I've a been, sin. I, I, I've actually been dying to try to find this article. Um, I was told there was an article. Well, I, I briefly saw some points of an article, uh, I think a year or so ago, that they did a lot of research. And, like, because it kind of kills me a little bit. of. Um, and I remember... Um, uh, talking to uh, a brewer friend about IPAs and when they get packaged and 
how ideally this is again my opinion too and not not Sierra Nevada's in any way is um, <laughs> that an IPA hits its pinnacle around day 23 and I'm sticking okay. on 23 okay. right? it was Jordan's number I'm going with 23 <laughs> yeah right um, it's when I met my wife right right uh, yeah. uh, but um, that it, it it takes a little bit, and I've actually tasted this in in beers that come directly off of our bottling line. And like you would think, like because everybody goes, "What, dude, dude? Look at the packaging date. It was three days ago. It's killer." Um, but I I just think that um, it takes a little bit of time for everything to kind of it. The beer's excited when it goes into that bottle, and it's a little rough around the edges yeah. and it takes a little bit for those flavors to kind of maturate. It's not the same where you could taste off the fermenter or the bright. Right. It's yeah, once it goes in that bottle it tastes a lot different. Yeah. Like I say for 3 or 4 weeks. Right. Yeah. And and so that that's that's kind of it, it sounds romantic, doesn't it? No, yeah, oh, okay. sure, but it also yeah. sounds reasonable. I put my foot in my mouth at a at a big Colorado brewery once. I was getting up Tour. I was. Which one was that? I don't want to say. No, okay, one. Right. <laughs> I'll say. I'll, I'll say half of who I with. I was there with with Vinny from Russian River okay. who had brought me, and I was there with Matt Brennelson okay. and this other great Colorado brewer. And the only reason I'm not naming him is because he's the beer that I shit on. Yeah, right, I, right, was right. Ex- I was young. I was early, right, in the, right, right. and they brought me there on this tour, and they gave, gave me this IPA, and I was like, "Huh, God, you know, there's a lot of plastic flavor in there. Like, what's that from?" And I was just being in. I was genuinely asking. Right. Question and that is that is something that appears in, in a younger IPA, yeah, right? Yep. And I could see Vinny sort of fucking shake his head at me. <laughs> for one, like we brought this kid, but, but, this but Vinny also honestly answered me. He's like, "Well, that that's one thing about a young IPA. Sometimes, especially these big IPAs we're doing now, that some of that will settle out." The other guy, the, br- the other brewer, wouldn't even look at me or talk to me for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, mean, I was calling him out, probably in front of two of his like mentors. I don't even know what, but I didn't mean yeah. to. But I'm just anyhow long long way to say I agree with your there is a maturation process right, right. right so it's not just like fresh have it off the bottling line yeah. you know Absolutely. not always yeah, yeah. Um, well. all right I mean that's cool right mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's, the it's, idea of it like yeah the idea of it is like wow you know the bottling days you're better off sticking it you know, in your pocket like, and drink like, it two weeks th- later. there's times like we're, hey Vinny send us some uh, yeah. Pliny right <laughs> and we'll get it and it's like and that is actually I will say that that is one beer that. It doesn't vary too much from like really? uh, for me personally. Like I really like it whenever it's in that first ten days of like yum, right? Yeah. And and uh, so, anyways, that's Vinny, well, Vinny's got that figured yeah, yeah. out. He does. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, one of, if not the best, uh, hazy beer, hazy IPA I've had uh, in the lineup. And so this is available in cans uh, now. Yeah. Six correct? pack cans uh, in draft. And you're shipping it all over the country. All over the country. Yeah, but at uh, Costco, right around the corner. Oh, is that right? Yep. That's a good place to get it. And get a little, little bargain on it. Is that right? Wow. You're brewing it in... Bo- you have... How many breweries do you have now? Just two, right? Two. Here yeah. and Asheville. Is yes. it Asheville? Uh, it's Asheville, North Carolina, but it's Mills River. Okay. It's right by the airport. Just fly into Asheville. Fly and, and, get on your jet. Fly into Asheville. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. By the way, property. we're not all Sierra Nevada. We don't <laughs> right, just get right, on yeah, the right, jet right, right. and fly yeah. into... I've been trying to fly into Asheville. Uh, Chris White is always saying, come see our place. Oh. It's a pain Ooh, in the let ass. Me, let me know. It's, uh, I will, because I need the jet. you got to fly in somewhere right. else and then you drive go, two go, hours. You, well, you go Chicago or you go Atlanta. And then drive in. 
Okay. Are there breweries along no, the way? No, well, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's a uh, yeah. 20-minute drive oh. to downtown Asheville. Okay. And that's a beautiful town. I way. hear it's great. I'd also... Uh, I mean, I've heard that the new Sierra Nevada is like a palace. Uh, people, who, right. who, beer fans who have come talk to me about that tour say the place is absolutely unimaginable, I think are some of the terms I've heard. Chico's more fun of a tour, though. I believe that. <laughs> uh, no, no, they're too... I would be afraid of spilling at the new one, it sounds yeah, right, like. Right, right, right. They're two we separate give you places. A mom. Okay. Um, <laughs> you should. You know, like, people always ask me, what's the difference? And I'm like, Chico's like Ken bought a studio apartment. <laughs> and built a house on top of that. Okay. And built another house on top of that house. And Mills River is like the house you got to build and then move into. And <laughs> okay. like there's those like I love it when we're walking around Chico and people are like, Wait, that's a second story door to nowhere. <laughs> like in Mills it's the River. House of mystery. But Mills River is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen okay. like as far as a brewery. Yeah, like, it, it was go, designed it was designed to take people to, exactly to visit. Like I see. And see that. And that's the feedback yeah. I've heard that it's yeah. just so like, it, beautiful. It, and, and, and why why did Southerners get this? I, and not uh, us, yeah, right? Yeah. Not, the, not the pure West Coast well, the, uh, people. Built we more, built this place. The, Come the on. built more mansion. So it, it's pretty funny, actually, when we were deciding where we were going to build a brewery. Um, I think I can tell this story. I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll have Warren edit it out I, later. I, I was on yeah. one of the very first uh, panels that was, it was like, I don't know, eight of us at the brewery. And they said, you know, come back with a town you want to build. A brewery if we built one on the East Coast, right? Okay. So people walk in and they're like, um, uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, uh, uh, yeah, not bad. And I come, and it gets to me, and I'm like, Asheville, North Carolina. Ah. Oh. And they're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Is yeah. that even a state it, still? I don't... And I go, it's a hip place. A lot of people say, it is a combination of Berkeley, Austin, Texas, oh. on the East Coast. Okay. Mm-hmm. For an old right. guy, you sure know a lot about young people. Right. It's kind of creepy. Right? Right? A little creepy. Uh, somewhere no, out there, has, someone's it, typing me too. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> someone right, I can see it. They did. So He's uh, still looking up what FOMO means. Yeah, right, right. I don't know uh, what that means. I didn't know originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. um, is that a Kardashian <laughs> term? Fear of missing out, folks. But I, but I remember that, uh, I, like, when I, when I was looking at it, and part of it that actually drove me into it was Warren Haynes. Um, so those that are listening out there and know who Warren Haynes is, is he, he is in a band called Government Mule that yeah. uh, spinned off of... Almond Brothers, and um, he was a- actually in David Allen Coe's band for a little while. That's where he got discovered. Um, I know, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that wasn't me. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll see what happens. All right, all right okay. Um, so, anyways, for me. Um, uh, oh, that was you. <laughs> uh, so, anyways. Um, I, I, I thought of this like cool. It's an artsy fartsy town. It's got a lot of great live music, um, and it's actually in a portion of North Carolina that is actually a pretty nice hub to like. You can either yeah. move beer north or you can move beer south yeah. um, very easily. How did you yeah, find so, out about it? So I I actually put it on there because I was a fan of Warren Haynes oh, and I, I wanted okay. to go to Christmas Jam every year uh, and go to, <laughs> to go to a concert. Right? That was my, that was that was your. Yeah. I'm like, we should build a brewery there so I can go there and yeah, I love get, this. get a free travel to go see the music I love 
to see, right? <laughs> uh, so, but we, we we ended up, and that was not on our list okay. when we went out and, and we went shopping for places. Um, and we were in a town, and I guess they were meeting with, like, all the high execs, right? You meet all the, you know, city sure. council and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, have you ever been to Asheville, North Carolina? And we were, like, literally going to go into this town. Have you ever been to Asheville, North Carolina? Um you should go check. It's not. It's a close drive. You right. should go there and check it out. It's a really beautiful, cool little town. And so, lo and behold, yeah. So we sent someone there, and they're like, "You got to come here. You got to check this out." Okay. Uh, in Asheville, was just starting. It had all the, uh, you know, uh, Green Man and was it Green Man and uh, Wicked Weed oh. and all that. Um, uh, so. Blue Man Group. Yeah, were you the first? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they built their it second stage there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, were you? You guys weren't the first uh, large brewery to build there. Then it was others we, had. We been. were the we were the first. You ones were the to first. Okay. Yeah. Announced and then I think uh, Oscar, Blue, Oscar Blues. Oscar yeah. Blues announced maybe right. It was New Belgium. It was New Belgium and then Oscar Blues. And okay. then Oscar Blues, but Oscar Blues yeah. was building a much smaller brewery, and so they were up and running well, well before we got it. we got going. But um, but it's well, really, I mean... I imagine it's a palette. That's, it's, here, too. The, when I just went on the tour in, in Chico, right? All these years I've been living up here. When we did beer camps, first time I've been there. And we go into the restaurant, and I look up, and the HVAC ducting is made out of copper. And I start to think about this, and I'm like, cop, I had just, I had recently built my bar, so I know the cost of some of these things. And I'm looking at the goddamn copper ducting, and I'm thinking, this is the kind of decision where the contractor comes in, and he sits down with Ken, and he he lays out five different materials, and Ken doesn't even look at them, and he just says, I'll take the one that's the most expensive, please. No, no, no. no, To be truly honest, when we were were building um, our expansion in Chico, in 97. I remember uh, there's a gentleman that actually Ken ended up hiring from the uh, contracting facility. So we all of our stainless steel is done uh, by this company up in Sacramento and they're world class. They, okay. they get hired by soda manufacturers and a lot of uh, breweries hire them now because of the work that they did at our place. And so we actually hired the, the uh, chief guy that was in charge of our project. Um, we hired him. He works now with the brewery, uh, Rick Callow. And I remember him telling me a story about Ken that blew his freaking mind. Okay. And he said that he would go into these meetings in the morning and Ken would meet with all the contractors and go over everything. It was every, I think, Monday morning. Okay. And Ken would go, okay, so uh, what kind of insulation are you going to use on that? And the guy would say it, and he goes, uh, I think you should use uh, R75. <laughs> he knew all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of stainless steel, you know, all just every single nuance he knew everything about. Instead wow. of going, hey, James, so uh, what kind of, what, what should we use for the insulation? And He what knew this we, stuff. He knew it all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so he's... So it wasn't... But still, he's, copper he's ducting. weird, strange, smart. He is. Yes. I See, here's... I don't know. I've only met Ken a couple of times. And here's how I envision Ken, like at home and, and as the guy he is. 
I think he's a super stoner and red, like more intelligent than anybody knows. This, I think that those two things mm. are combined are where I have no evidence of this. I'm just no, going to leave that. I'm not going <laughs> to see. Uh, this is just, I, and, I know part of the answer to that. And, <laughs> and, and, be, and here's why: he's because really when smart. you when you combine those two things, you'll you're willing to spend a lot of time on something like insulation, being right. smart, right. Yeah. and stoned. Sometimes when you're when you're a stoner, you have uh, a, 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 it's like you. You can magically spend a lot of time doing something, and the reality is, right. it's like five minutes, but it feels like two hours. So then you can research the nuances of, of ducting, but without the intelligence factor. Don't forget that, because oh, I'm no. saying the man is highly intelligent. Of course, and st- right, uh, the two things together are what does it. Right. One of the times if, I went if up he's this not, <laughs> I am. <laughs> right. One of the times we were up at the Sierra Nevada tasting room, he was making sushi. On the line oh, that's in the right. kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he was, and he's making sushi, not for himself, for the people for the in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. restaurant. yeah. That was very nice. Yeah, so like every third Wednesday, uh, if Ken's in town, he gets together with a couple of his old school buddies. Yeah. Uh, and the three of them dress up. Uh, it, it looks like something out of like John Belushi <laughs> in like Saturday Night Live, like yeah. where they make sushi. And they, they make sushi for the entire pub. That and is really nice. One beer camp we were there, he been to the coast and he brought a bunch uh oh god what are those snails called the things that people abalone yeah abalone and he actually literally brought out for a bunch of people it wasn't even on the menu a bunch of abalone for everybody to eat wow it was it was amazing it was like oh my god ken just brought us abalone sure. go for it the day yeah, before yeah they literally oh, really? yeah, yeah ken it was his personal stash of abalone he couldn't put on the menu Right. For his Sushi Brothers night. Well, you can't oh, wow. sell. I don't think you Yeah, can I don't think you can. It's not a commercial no. product. Yeah. So. But yeah. it was a little gift from him, and it was. That is very nice. It was awesome. He's hands-on in there still. Yeah. He's, and actually, he's, that's he's, a question, too. Is he still hands-on in the he's, entire? He's, he's oh, yeah, very nearly nice. there. Yeah. Every, it, like, like almost uh, to, uh, to a, a, a fault to some of us. Like, <laughs> can I do my job? Hey, Dutch, go hang out with Dressler for five minutes, will you? Hey, make me a California roll, bro. Let's go. Yeah. God, I'm, I'm trying to get some work done in here. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got, we've got a little more to do tonight, so I'm going to take us to one more break because we still have not even gotten into some of the uh, barrel-aged beers that we want to try. Uh, I think you've got a sour beer for us, James. You. Yeah, that's, we have uh, funny it's, shit. It's spontaneous. <laughs> it's gonna get worse. It's gonna yeah. get crazy. Yeah. Here's what I here's what I recommend. Uh, if the rest of the company is gonna listen to the program, um, stop now. Go mm-hmm. on about your business because the third segment usually gets weird. So, <laughs> so Ter- Terrence has a safe word. Yeah. All, when all the inflatables yeah. come out, it's yeah. Uh, for marketing purpose uh, purposes, I will send you an edited version up until this point. A uh, redacted yeah. manuscript. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the rest of you who want to have a good time with us. Stick around for the last segment because we've got more to do. Uh, when we come back, I think JP brought us a couple of uh, uh, Bigfoots, right? I did. Big feet. Uh, big feet. Yeah. Um, and then we've got some sour beer to try and some different barrel edge products from Sierra Nevada. So uh, we got a lot of good beer left to try. Uh, hang in there. It's the session. We're having a good time. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high-temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah. It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. you got to try it on tap at Moylan's. In Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the 
Brewers Association at craftbeer.com. Also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Brewcasters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. Yep, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, go check out Beersmith Homebrewing Software. You can go to beersmith.com and get your free 21-day trial. Works on a Mac and a PC. It's great stuff. Does everything you need it to do and more. I know pro brewers who use it. Go get it right now. Beersmith. Go to beersmith.com and check it out. All right, we got a few things to get to. I was reminded at the break by our listeners that I promised to talk about some of your new hopping techniques. So before we jump into the barrel stuff... Uh, you guys had mentioned to me uh, before the show that you're using things like, uh, is it lupulin dust, lupulin powder? I don't know what you call it. Uh, and a few other a few other ways to dry hop, right? Okay, I'm, I'm going to let James talk about the nuts and bolts of it. But okay. um, I, 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 this is the way I like to push it. Is, um, it is, uh, we're, we're calling it lupulin dust. Some people call it lupulin powder. Some okay. call it cryo hops. Um, in essence, it's the uh, Keith version of hops. Okay, makes right. sense to us so, uh, on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, come on, bam, bam. Right, right, right. right. Hey, yeah, come on, bam, bam. Nice, nice. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but in essence, it's a way of um, getting down to uh, the nuts and bolts of the hops, uh, meaning the lupulin gland, keeping it intact as much as possible, not rupturing uh, that gland. Uh, did I say gland? You did. You I did. did say gland. At least three times. Okay. Say um, all right. Uh, so anyways, but, but it takes about three pounds of whole cone hops to make one pound of uh, lupulin. So it's a concentrated version. So in some ways, I don't even mean this as a joke, it sort of follows the, the pot world right now where you, you can go down to the dispensary now and you can buy the, the wax and, and you can buy keef and you can buy stuff that is this concentrated version of what everyone was always trying to get into yeah, them yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay. And, and actually, like some of the... the some of the oil. hop growers also grow. Okay, yeah, so they uh, knew. Sure they yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what's in the middle of all yeah. those fields. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, yeah. By they, the way, it, it blends right in. Yeah, it's right, fine. Right. We get that across the border too. Yeah. Uh, they sell it at the dispensary in Chico, right? That's where you get the yeah. blue blue blue. blue. <laughs> no, uh, uh, our 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 actually uh, Butte County community doesn't believe that uh, resources from the sales of. Uh, Wait, am I going down this road? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah never we don't mind. Uh, no, you can't get that in Butte County. I see. Um, uh, but you can drive down to, uh, I think, uh, Yuba City. And right? here are the addresses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrence, yeah. Terrence has my bookmark. Yeah. Yeah. Terrence has a shirt on yeah. the back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Please return yeah. to 24.6 <laughs> miles from the Sierra Nevada Tasting Room. Right? Okay. So how do you uh, use this stuff, James? Um, well, uh, you know, I guess... We we use it a lot like um, like you would you would use pellets. I'll, I mean, for us that's kind of a sacrilegious word, right? Yeah, but right. Um, uh, you made a cloudy IPA, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, but I'm, God damn it, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, we you know we use it almost in every application. So um, we use it in uh, primarily uh, hot side in the hot back. Um, 
to, to add, get some added flavor. Uh, we try to, or we try to actually put it in the whirlpool right before uh, we pump into the fermenter. Um, we've been playing with uh, with uh, actually putting it into a fermenter prior to pumping in as well, which has um, given us some really interesting, uh, juicy, fruity, uh, really fun uh, flavors and aromas. Uh, and and uh, we use it dry hopping throughout the entire process. So, okay. Um, uh, during active fermentation, uh, we slurry. We'll backfill a, a, a tank a vessel um, and mix the, the hop powder into it, uh, and and shoot it back in the tank. Um, okay. And uh, for a lot of our beers, uh, like Hot Bullet, uh, we do a warm fermentation uh, shot of a whole bunch of lupulin, um, and then we uh, do a traditional torpedoing process. So. So we've used it as a layer with uh, with with the tools that we have uh, to add that you know that magical pounds per barrel of hops number, <laughs> but um, yeah. it, that everybody likes to talk about. I, I really hate talking about the pounds per barrel because I think sometimes it can be kind of negligible. But uh, we've we've really used it as a tool to to get the flavors that we want mixing in with torpedoes. Um, we'll we'll mix it with whole cone hops and put it in in one of our torpedo vessels um, and torpedo with it that way. It's just a way to get some added um, uh, an added kick of uh, aroma and flavor uh, from the hops. What does it look like? Is it literally it looks like, like a bag Keith. of powder? Yeah. Or like, okay. I mean, literally yeah. like Keith. And <laughs> or a bag of powder. No, no, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> any powder, yeah, just any, a bag of it. Sorry, yeah. I mean it's, it's just a bag of powder. It's green. Yeah. It's green not white. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're measuring in kilos <laughs> again. <laughs> Grams. Uh, or, or the, you guys were using that so, private jet so, uh, or something. You know, kind of expand on what James was, James was saying, too, is like um, when we were developing um, Torpedo way back in the day, like we, we weren't really sure what we were extracting out. So we were just kind of playing with, you know, warm side additions of dry hopping because traditional dry hopping we always added that right at the end of fermentation we still had a little bit of of uh, residual sugars um and the idea was because you couldn't you couldn't evacuate all the the o2 out of the hops when you're putting them into the secondary fermentation tank so we would always have a little bit of fermentation left hmm. to add that so it'd suck up any oxygen that was in there this is for all the home brewers out there yeah <laughs> um, so um but with torpedoing, uh, we had the ability to really purge this very small vessel uh, to get all the oxygen out of it at, at that point. And, and then we started playing with hot side and warm side, and it was more on flavor to us. But as we you know, developed our R&D lab and we got a GC and all that kind of stuff, what we found is the same hops will actually yield a little bit different compounds that actually get into the beer, whether you add them warm or you add them cold. Interesting. So that's why we're actually adding at different points portions because you're extracting out a little bit more of the uh, aroma and flavor compounds differently at well, those different so the, the difference between adding lupulin dust in the whirlpool versus dry hopping is not the same as if you did whole cone or pellets in the whirlpool versus whole cone or pellets dry hopping um i i would say yes and no um uh, from from a, a level of of getting hop aroma and flavor i mean you would you, you theoretically, if you just added uh, an equivalent weight amount of pellets or a whole cone, you you could extract that much. Mm-hmm. However, you're not adding, um, you know, provided using like type 90 pellets or something, you're, you're not adding all of the leafy the poly, polyphenol, polyphenolic vegetative 
Um, the other two thirds they threw flavors. away. Exactly, mm-hmm. and so yeah. so that um, I mean, so so yeah, it's 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 like yes and no, and and that's we're still learning about this product too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a pretty good handle on it, but it's a lot of times. Um, we just we don't quite know like oh we'll just throw a bunch in and the more you know it's it's not more is better it's it's a very subtle thing to use because it's so concentrated and mm. I mean they're they're starting to uh, be literature you know they're starting to, to have papers out there about um, about the the transformative process during uh, dry hopping where you know in active fermentation where the leafy matter will actually pull out bitterness um, oh. and and you know there there is a so, so I think there's a lot more interactions going on that we're, we're going to learn in the future. Uh, it's and and so truthfully, we don't really know everything about about the cryo lupulin powder dust, whatever whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, it, you know, and uh, I mean, my personal preference is is uh, less is more when using the product for sure. Future is mm. a little dusty. On Future is totally. <laughs> oh, okay. It's totally. Right. It's, to- it's yeah. totally cloudy. Yeah. It's hazy. No, but it, it, it's like definitely yeah. like what we found is like there is there is the ability to go a little over the top like mm. the, the beer ends up becoming a little chalky. Okay, that's how mm. I I describe it like a little. It just you, you it, can taste it. It tastes like the, the hop powder. I, I see. Mean, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. it just it's there. Is that even available to to home brewers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Homebrewers yeah. is that cry, right? Cryo hops. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that would be the product. Yeah, they got, Have yeah. you used it at, at home? Yeah, I used it. Was in that uh, beer I did with Twenty One A? I did a pilot batch with it. Okay. And then we did a we'd use it in the in the professional batch as well. Did you find the same thing that it's kind of one of those in moderation type of things? Or yeah, we used it a... as a, as just one of the uh, the, uh, the dry hops, but not all of it. Just I like see half of it or something like that. Like okay. Added. And uh, yeah. yeah, we we uh, got the uh, pellets. It's pelletized now too. So oh, the powder okay. is kind of hard to work with, especially if you're I was trying to that. dry hop with it on the top of the fermenter. It's kind of hard to get those to. Yeah, we we mix we mix it. Um, you do a, yeah. yeah, we do a pre batch mix and then and then blow it into the tank. Okay, um, I always call it powder day. Yeah, <laughs> it's powder day at the brewery. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's different than powder day at the brewing network. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Another 24-hour show at the Brewing Network. Do you guys have have chafing issues here? Is that what is? That what's going on? Got him. I got him. Right right there it is. Well done. Well done. Yeah, don't do a line of hot powder. (laughs) Not good. Don't do it. Yeah. Are you saying do more than a line? Well, unless you want to have a good time. Yeah. Kids probably listening to this going, they're all fired. Yeah. <laughs> they're all fired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll buy the Brewing Network and fire them all. all fired. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Except oh, Bevo. Yeah, that offer is on the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. The hot powder challenge will not be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> not on the air anyway. Right. All right. So we've got some barrel-aged beers to talk about, too, um, and some, some sour beer. So that I don't forget, at the end, we did have a few people in um, the the chat room talking about some different things. Uh, one was just a comment here. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff wanted you guys to know that his first Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was when he was in Las Vegas sitting at a Kino machine. 
seventeen. He took one sip and hit a $1,750 jackpot. <laughs> so he says, uh, Sierra Nevada Palo is my gateway beer and my lucky beer. So doesn't he owe us $170? Minus Minus the cost okay. of one beer. Terrence is Sierra Nevada. 1075 East 20th Street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about these couple beers we have in our glasses. Uh, what's the first one, Beef, that you brought us here? You remember? Yeah, it's the Barrel Age Narwhal. Right, oh. or, sorry, the, nar- the Narwhal. Nitro on the Nitro Narwhal. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Beverly, you know. Yeah, I'm Barrel tired. A, yeah. <laughs> Barrel Age Nitrogenated Narwhal. Now, That's Narwhal it. just came out, what, a couple years ago for the first time, right? Or is that something that's been around a while? Yeah. It's been about seven, six, seven years, but we oh, okay. started years. doing the Barrel Aging about... Mm. It, four years ago that we started putting Yeah, it was one of the first ones that uh, that we barrel-aged along with Bigfoot. One yeah. of our first beers, at least. Yeah. So, I think, I think it, one of the cool things was one of our first batches that we did of Narwhal. I think it was actually, we entered it in the GABF before we called it Narwhal. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as Imperial Stout, and it won um, silver. silver medal the first year. And then that batch, we aged in bourbon barrels, and it won silver in the barrel age category the next year. Wow. So the same beer won silver, silver. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear another brewery say that. Yeah, yeah, good call on that. Yeah. That's tough. You know, Should have been gold. But. So, what's the base well, beer? Yeah. I mean, that's how I voted. I mean, you it. could have done better. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> JP's a perfectionist. <laughs> Clearly, in Look other people's lives, not in. <laughs> that's the best way to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never fail yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, what's the favorite, base beer? My favorite thing about. You know, one of the common questions I always get is, what's your favorite beer? And I will say that Pale Ale is my favorite beer. It's my home base beer. It's my go-to beer. Like, it's the beer that we're all drinking after a big festival, and we're all drinking at home. Yeah. It's the beer we all keep coming back to. But I will say my favorite beer of all time is this. Is that right? Is this. Because of all time. Of all time. <laughs> wow. You, you like, say Pale Ale is your favorite, but you got Narwhal in your category. all time. I do. Yeah. If, I, if I'm going to be doing yard work, I'm going to be drinking pale ale. If I want to fall asleep, oh, no. you right. know, it's it's just perfection. Like, I love nitro beers. I wish there were more of of these in barrels. And it's it's tough to do. But yeah. it is, like I call around the brewery, unicorn tears. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is my, it's, this is the beer if. If I didn't have to work at all, yeah, this it would be the beer I'd wake up to and then be asleep <laughs> about an hour later. So but when yeah. you when you retire, uh, yes. by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Byron has a narwhal tattooed across his entire back. Yeah. Oh, that's not, how not, much not, he loves this, uh, uh, this beer. Have you had to see Byron shirtless? But that uh, happened yes. on oh. the way home. Oh, you didn't hang yeah. out a beer right. camp long enough, yeah. man. Well, I did dress up as a narwhal and give a tour. Nice. Just based on the nice. narwhal. Yeah, yeah. All right, so tell us about the base beer and then how you guys are doing to barrel age this and get it to what is in our glass now. Well, um, the base beer is, uh, and Terrence can help me out too on this, but just a, it's a really, really nice um, classic classic imperial, imperial stout. stout. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, uh, dark dark roast malts and chocolate, um, very smooth. It's, it's definitely not, it's not bitter, it's not... Lingering, it's um, it's just a very very amazing. I'm just going to use very. Yeah, that's touch. okay. It's very a lot of it's things. Very a lot. No, yeah. it's it's a great beer. And um, is it Chico yeast too? Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and so it the the flavor profiles the vanilla and chocolate land really well in uh, bourbon barrels. Um, just f- from the flavor profiles you get from you know 
uh, host of Bourbon Barrels. Uh, and w- with the amount that we make of this beer um, and release, we, we typically don't use, like, a single bourbon barrel style. So I, when I talk about it, I usually just kind of speak in bourbon terms. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if I can, I definitely would love to buy... 400 bourbon barrels from somewhere, Same right? Person. Are you guys uh, listening out there? Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, hey, you. Uh, you know who you are. Call me back. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they listen to the show. Yeah, no. Of course they, they do. No, they don't. Um, well, they might. Um, but uh, so the, the, the vanilla and the caramel and, and all the notes that you get from bourbon barrels just accentuate, of course, that and add a, um, only half a percent of alcohol to the beer. Okay, only. By, exactly. By legal. Every exactly time. legal. Yeah. Um, science, Warren. Science. Yeah. It's yeah. totally science. It happens everywhere. Uh, and and the, the aging, um, you know, I mean, one of the things that I think is pretty, um, is not well uh, understood or, and or scientifically kind of shown is is the oxidative reactions in barrels. I mean, we all know about how they work in um, in spirits and wine, but um, the the study of beer in that sense is uh, is minimal. I mean, people have done it, and, and they're working, and 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 the research is out there. But the, this beer definitely um, uh, gets better with benefits. With benefits, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it gets better with the micro oxidation. Uh, and and the the interaction of the the bourbon. I think it, I, I always say it like kind of almost smooths out the rough edges. Of sure. It, right. And so this, this actually beer that we're having right now is uh, nitrogenated, and this came from uh, one of one of James's guy uh, Nick Eisen. He's like, man, I've always wanted to take uh, the barrel aged narwhal and uh, and nitrogenate it. So, I said, so we, we said shit. What? Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, okay. Sign Whatever. me up. Yeah. And uh, and I think he had like a little ten barrel tank, and uh, we I, nitrogenated it back there. And barrels. I think five barrels. was it five barrels? Yeah. Is that what it was? So, so this is like very rare. So yeah. None of you, yeah. none of you actually gonna like maybe <laughs> unless you unless you were in Chico like a month um, ago. You're not. Um, yeah. We, I we, see. We've had it out for uh, some events and things like that. Uh, maybe something we do in the future. Uh, great beer, but. Um, you know, we did five barrels. Uh, Byron drank like two like, yeah. uh, before we actually filled the kegs with it. But, On day uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, but it, it's just a, a phenomenal. I mean, we we already knew like barrel-aged narwhal is great. And yeah. then you add that, that silkiness from the nitrogenation oh, yeah. of it. and it's. Uh, Wait, so we have long? one of the only kegs here at the Hop Grenade is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, I think Outside there was like 20 kegs. Awesome. Nice. Well, all right, come to the Hop Grenade this <laughs> yeah. week. You might get some. Yep. How long does it see in the barrels, typically? Um, so uh, we actually did a, uh, a kind of, well, I'm not going to say extensive testing, but we did some testing where we, when we, when I, when we first started up the barrel program, uh, Narwhal was our base beer that we wanted to kind of bait to, to get right um, and have something we could put out year over year and, and just be good. Um, and so we, we put it in barrels and we tasted it every month. Um, and pull and and we kept samples uh, and you know we kind of thought okay well let's see six eight and ten what, okay. what we like the, the mm. most and so you know out of that everybody that was part of the the pro tasting of that uh, I was in there Terrence hated it uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys didn't even tell him about it yeah. Yeah. on a daily basis it's I not know how it is like six months and three days later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Short answer: uh, Eight months is what we typically shoot for okay. with this, because um, that's where we found kind of is, is the sweet spot. Now, with that being said, 
I mean, uh, we've forgotten about beer in a barrel. We've forgotten. Um, and pull it at a year and a half or a year. How does that happen? <laughs> How do you just <laughs> forget about yeah. it? And, yeah. They're using it for an end table or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 And it's so, um, and, and as... Um, I'm trying to keep a stock of it as well in my in my barrel room right now, um, it, so we can have kind of a rotational aging program and and m- maybe not necessarily have just a, a set vintage, but be able to blend years together. Right. Um, you know, we've been going long enough that that we've for I mean, see, I think we built that room three four years ago now. Yeah, it's I been a while. Four, four. Um, and uh, so you know, I mean, my my ultimate goal, I guess, the goal of and my guys too uh, would be Bigfoot and Narwhal to have to have uh, vintages that we can blend as a barrel age. So, so it's right. not maybe a, a necessarily a year, but we can change it. Sure. And um, the that's big, smart, not yeah. only because we would get to taste a great blend that way, but you get to correct anything that you don't really like, any sharp edges or something, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, who knows? Maybe we want to do. Maybe we just want to release a five-year-old narwhal at right. one time, which we're going to do with Bigfoot pretty soon. Nice. Okay. Oh, we are. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Terrence, Terrence said I couldn't okay. say anything, but that was my one. Uh, <laughs> now we got to go to your barrel room when we did uh, yeah. beer camp. It must have just opened because that was a couple years ago. Maybe it had been open for a couple years, and. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, those two guys who showed us around the barrel room. Nick uh, and Jeff, yeah. Jeff and Nick. Yep. They have the best job in the world. First of all, it's it's located just off the, you know, it's not on the compound. I feel like nobody ever bothers them. I that feel like one, people two, forget three, about uh, them. Uh, Never mind forget about the barrel. Terrence bothers them. People forget. I bother them and they get mad at me. Get out of here. It's quiet. Wait a minute. I was just sitting here, like, trimming my toenails. We went to this place. It was so peaceful and nice. And it's just the these two guys and they gave us this great tour and all I'm thinking is like these guys got it made over here. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, hey, let make sure you you taste barrel 50 through 100 today. Yeah. And to yeah. walk in a, right. you know, I wish my office smelled like bourbon when I walked in. It may <laughs> at right. the end of the day. Yeah. But definitely doesn't. Yeah. It, it's just this magical place where that's what I love about the barrel room is you walk in and it's just has that same smell of a distillery, and yeah, it's all these Sniff different projects. Really hard. Yes, yes, and uh, well, the nitro does something for this beer. We might have a couple fooders there too. It's, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, so, I don't like a lot of big, very big beers, and um, I do like some. I like blends like you're talking about, where you're able to do multiple years. Those are the the beer, the big beers I tend to like. Yeah. Well, this the nitro kind of did some of that work for you. I feel like, like even you were saying, Terrence, kind of like rounds out the the rough edges quite a bit. Yeah, I, the, add some creaminess. Yeah, the creaminess mm-hmm. from the nitrogen versus the sharpness that you get from CO two. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just adds that that just that over the top layer of creaminess to the creamy silky. already creamy beer. Real silky. silky, silky. Yeah. Terrence likes using silky. It, it, I I think it even pulls away some of the heat, some of the alcohol heat from it too. Yep. Uh, and so what what is the ABV on this beer you got? Uh 127. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's almost right in there. Yeah. 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 It's a little too drinkable for us. <laughs> right. That's why way. you like it. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> yeah, this so is So nice. the uh, Chico yeast will get the get this beer down to, into that uh, you know, within a half a percent of that, of that range, yeah. Chico yeast usually stalls out uh, in the in the tens. Tens, yeah. So this is picking up that half a percent, depending on what what kind of math you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> depending on who's listening, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, yeah. To get us up to the twelve, cool. Okay. 
All right. And just because I want to make sure we get through some more beer, let's move on to the, I believe this should be the sour beer we have in our glass too, right? This is the Raspberry Bigfoot. Oh, Raspberry Bigfoot. Okay. Oh, yeah. Beeb, you got the bottles in here too. Let's get those going while we talk about this one. Uh, Raspberry Bigfoot. Go ahead, Tasty. Well, I was going to say, you guys have uh, uh, bugs in your your barrel barrel house. Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, not, not uh, are, you guys no, able to, anyway. are you able to walk in there and then walk back to the other brewery? Only yeah. bugs are so, in James's short. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry. Did I say that? That's <laughs> <laughs> why James won't go out with you yeah, anymore, yeah. Terrence. <laughs> You're a terrible wingman. <laughs> I didn't have my shots that night. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, we... At our barrel facility, uh, we have a, a secondary room that was another. I, I, basically, we converted a warehouse and, and its office space into our barrel facility, and we have a sour room that's that's uh, cordoned off. It's a different room. It's about from as big the as this office. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, maybe no, it's, it's as big it's, as the the bar. It's about bar. as big as the bar. Okay, okay. yeah, um, and uh, so so we we keep all of what you know what we actually inoculate or know to be. Buggy in I that see. room, but uh, Tasty but makes a good point. Like, I mean, it sounds like half a, a joke, but can you walk into that room, do your tastings, and walk back to the main brewery without a clean suit or washing? Or like, some brewers are really afraid of even being around it. We'd well, have to walk about three miles okay. to get back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. by then you pick up a lot of other things yeah. by the time we get back there. But right, you, right. You, like, you don't have to it put on cheaper. a suit or anything. You guys no, are? Okay. no. We're, um, I mean, we do uh, in the sour room. We do have uh, a sheep dip foot bath kind of thing. You okay. Know, um, yeah. Uh, and that we have a sanitizer in, so you know it, when you step out. Step your step in that, and then, okay. and then go on about your day. Um, right. We do. Uh, we uh, honestly, our sour program is is in the infancy, so we're still trying to figure out uh, how how best to to deal with with it from a packaging standpoint. Um, okay. And we are um, we're going to start hand bottling um, at the sour room. Just a few of our small projects oh. um, to to get a uh, to get a handle selling the gift store and to get a handle on what we're doing. Uh, yeah. And we have we have used Brett and, and a few other things with with projects uh, in the past on our pilot bottling lines. So we do know how to how to combat that, but um, it's still a sketchy it's a sketchy endeavor. Okay. Well, it, uh, what six years ago we made Brooks with uh, with Russian River. And uh, we actually used a inseminator, uh, which was a pharmaceutical doser. Um, so it would give a shot of uh, Britannomyces in right before every the, single right before the cap went right yep. before the crown, or before the cork went in. You guys had a separate hard piping installed. With with ultra when you guys started doing ultra base large scale, yeah, right? yeah, in order to yeah. keep a separate sour line through the entire production yep pipeline right you grab that yes the uh, yeah the lacto and actually pretty much everything that comes through the barrel agent too actually goes through separate pipe works completely isolated from the rest of the brewery uh, just so those little bugs don't get out yeah they actually they, they took the uh, the cellar where we do all of the lacto fermentations it's actually locked out. Um, yeah, so your card, I can't get in there card, anymore. Card, oh, yeah. card, card swipe will only allow certain people to get in the room because they didn't want people going in there going, well, this is really cool. Come yeah. in and have a tour. Well, it was so cool right. because it was the original four uh, fermenters yeah, in tanks. the wall. Yeah, okay. the, the original four Unitanks. And, you know, this, this sour program speaks to a lot of everything that we do. Like, we'll never do dot, dot, dot. When I started there, we're never going to do Belgian beers. 
before that was we'll never do twelve packs with carrots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, and like, we'll, we'll never, never put fruit in our beer. Yeah, we'll, we'll never, never put fruit in our beer. We're never going to do this, and you know, It'll we'll never do clear. sour beer. Yeah, and, yes. right. We'll yeah. do hazy beer, please. <laughs> I love that you guys own that though. Yeah, I'm a right. never say never guy, right. and other breweries who have said never won't admit that they said never. No, and it's oh. it's, it's part of my whole thing because when you go into the sour room. You can um, you get in the barrel room that conference table that we were all sitting at that one day. Yeah. If you take your arm and go down the light switches, it shuts off the lights in the conference room and turns on the lights in the sour room. <laughs> it's like we're never going to do sour beer, and then I just go blam. Yeah, lights on. Like, yeah. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. We're going to pour the sour, but before that, we have a different beer in our glass, right? Like, I yep. think we're tasting yeah. the barrel-aged Bigfoot with raspberry. Yes, yes this have. traveled in the back yes. of my car. Okay. There's oh, only half of it left. <laughs> That's how I made it here today. It's car beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of raspberry in this beer. About yeah. 90 right? pounds per barrel. Really? Yes. You guys went for it. We went okay. all, in. We went all <laughs> in on this one. This is actually going to be packaged... Um, I think next week. Those more raspberries. Uh, we're going to package this, and yeah, this next will week. only be available in our gift shops, torpedo room. Oh, cool! Uh, oh. A little bit of draft. In my we hand, got, we got the draft here for yep. uh, for this event. Um, it'll be in and around San Francisco Beer Week. Oh, nice. Um, so, but uh, very limited. What uh, thirty barrels or a little uh, less than that? Yeah, I think we're going to package like fifteen barrels. Wow, or twenty yeah, barrels. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, for a brewery your size, <laughs> that's crazy. Like that. Yeah, that goes down yes. the drain a day, right? <laughs> Fifteen barrels. <laughs> it goes to, uh, goes to the Byron's if, house. If Ken's, uh, if Ken's listening, no, actually, no, not no, no, right, yeah. Um, never, I mean, never yeah, happens. Not, not as waste, but as a yeah. normal process. Yeah, no, but, it, well, yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, it's. I got the beers lining yeah. up in front of me now. You know, it's getting late yeah. in the show when right? that's starting to happen. Right. Now, uh, how how old is the the Bigfoot itself in this beer? So um, this Bigfoot was about, uh, I think, I want to say a year and three months, somewhere okay. around there. All right. Uh, because as every beer fan knows, you know, Bigfoot's one of these great beers that you should collect and, and keep around. And, and for me, um, yeah, it's always hard to drink right when it's, when it's fresh. Um, get it a little older, then I start to like it. Like, I, to me, Bigfoot's almost like a triple IPA right when it comes off the line, to my palate anyway. Yeah. You yep. keep it around a little bit, gets better and better. Um, this one, not only with a little year and a half of age on it, but then that, some of that triple IPA bitterness is... Uh, is obviously rounded out with the gone. fruit. Yeah. Gone. Yep. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than rounded out. Right. Right? And that's what you were going for. Yeah, that, that fruitiness, I think, really uh, helps out with it. Because I, I honestly... Terrence, but, Terrence, it, well, yeah. we'll just say it. Terrence James and I like go, back, big, we, we go back and forth on it. No, because I, I just feel like it's it has that little... For me, Bigfoot is a little too aggressively bittered yeah. um, for barrel aging. Oh, and I that's see. that's why I like narwhal. Like it's a lower IBU. It 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 melds with that barrel aging a little bit better. Where where I think there's that sharpness to Bigfoot. And and honestly, like Bigfoot for me, um, I, you know, when we're we're releasing it, I'm obviously tasting it in sensory. But I find that um, it about Six to twelve months is when it hits its wheelhouse because it's lost a little bit of the bitterness. Yeah, and it's 
uh, got a slight bit of age on it that actually helps it a little bit. You're um, talking about regular Bigfoot? Regular yeah, Bigfoot. Okay. And then when we get it into a barrel, um, it can sometimes, if, it, if it's fresh Bigfoot going into a barrel, like a year later, it's, it's, it, it com- combats with that bourbon barrel character that I really I like that kind of smooths out a beer somewhat. Mm-hmm. And then you got that sharp bitterness. That's where I, I – and that's why I think the, the sweetness of the raspberry, like, really plays off yeah. and, and masks that bitterness. I think you're right. So if you have barrel-aged Bigfoot at your house, you're keeping – you're holding it until you, until you drink yeah, it. Yeah, I, I always tell – like, people ask us, like, how long should we age this? And yeah. I always tell them, you know, by – Two to five cases. Okay. Right? Yeah. Put them in your cellar. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want to buy 10, just buy 10 cases. That's cool. <laughs> That's okay, uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, literally, like, like I, I think if, if you're really into aging beer, like, I think Bigfoot is a beautiful beer to, to age and to really see what age does to yeah. a beer. Yeah. Um, it holds up really well. It's not, you know, when it's fresh, it's super hoppy. Um but it's got the alcohol to kind of combat the the uh, oxidative natures that right. come through aging. Um, so I always tell people like buy a six pack and like just kind of yeah taste it through the year, and, or buy a twelve you know whatever. Two six packs. Yeah, or if you're like me, like three or four cases, cases a year, right. which is why my wife right. can't get into right. the basement anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> well, it was uh, Bevo's husband, um, who's he's really only ever done two smart things in his life. Uh, one of them was to marry Bevo. Absolutely. The second one, and he taught me this, was to start aging Bigfoot. Uh, early on in the Brewing Network, uh, he was my roommate, and he would keep uh, Bigfoot in his closet for the same reason. And, and I didn't like the beer at all at that time because I never knew about aging. It. Yeah, and you're, I would you're, drink it, and uh, and and anyhow, he he was the one, he always had a, a a flight ready, right? Like four years worth of it, right? And he was right, man. So I, a little bit of a story here. Like back in the day, whenever I first started working there, was uh, I tell stories? <laughs> you figure this out, yeah? Um, okay, so uh, it's a story about a story. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so stories uh, were invented. No, big, uh, Bigfoot. Back in the day. Um, when I first started working there, so it wasn't until like ninety, I think it was ninety nine. We started. I believe it's nineteen ninety four because we still have one. No, but that wasn't on purpose. Those were okay. like left behind. Oh, no. that was like um, our because um, what we would do is is we never wanted like old beer in our warehouse, so we would dump it right. Okay. So at the end of uh, the year, because we would carry Bigfoot, we carry Bigfoot throughout. Um, the tap room in the entire year until the next batch came out. Okay, and then we dump, dump all the, the rest. It's too we'd old. Dump, yeah, we dump we dump all the beer, sure. right? And then we found out like people were like, "Well, they're aging this stuff." Are you serious? Yeah. And and so literally, like one of our very first barrel aged beers was barrel aged Bigfoot, and and we put it in kegs. And we, Dressler and I, went to uh, the uh, Master Brewers Conference or something. And we came back to the brewery. And our warehouse manager, he was so proud of himself. He's like, hey, you guys were gone. And I realized that barrel-aged Bigfoot um, was uh, 200 days old. So I dumped it all. Um, <laughs> oh, no. All, all 100 kegs that were out in the bar. And I'm like, what? Oh, what? No. Yeah, and, and so then we kind of okay. Anything that's barrel age, we hold on to it to to 
Yeah. yeah. Right now. Um, but if if uh, anyone's out there listening uh, right now is a beautiful time because Bigfoot just came out. Okay. The regular Bigfoot, not this barrel age Bigfoot, but regular B- Bigfoot just came out in all of our gift shops. So Berkeley Torpedo Room. It's 35 years down, dude. 35 what? years of Bigfoot. Really? really? Wow. Yeah. This yeah. is oh, like yeah. the 35th right. anniversary That's of Bigfoot. Right. Wow. Good call. Yeah. We don't have the first one, though, available. No. But no. you can get a six-pack of, uh, what, what, 2017, 16, Yeah, 15, the last 14, uh, six 13. years we're selling verticals in the gift oh. shop. Wow. 12. Yeah. 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 And, like, properly aged verticals, nice. which are yeah. pretty rare. Yeah, That's super cool. I, I grabbed one of those when we were at beer camp, and I did it um, oh. for a Christmas party. Oh, nice. Sat there and, and, so and did a vertical. Ber- in, Berkeley, good, Chico, man. and Mills River. You can yeah. go get a vertical six-pack oh, yeah. for at least the next years month. That. See, that's cool, too, because you guys <laughs> kept it all properly aged, like you said. Yeah. Like and Sam just moved it from, you know, closet to closet. It was apartment on the shelf in, we some, living at. Like in the sunlight right. somewhere or yeah. anything yeah. like yeah. that. And, you know, I had his dirty underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was insulation, Terrence. He moved it from closet to closet until he got real drunk one night and ran out of alcohol. And then popped some over. Oh. Like I said, he only did two smart things. <laughs> and this warm beer is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He saved the beer. How he treated it and it's drank dusty it. He ran off like some sort of artifact in Indiana. Yeah. He's nice. <laughs> he, he is, he's nice, but this is his own wife's defense yeah. of him. But, but he's but nice. He's nice guy. No, that's, that Bigfoot, like 35 years later, you think about it, like when 9 out of 10 people didn't like pale ale back in the day. Yeah. Like... Ken said, I don't care what those other 90% think. I'm going to make a beer with twice as much alcohol and three times as much bitterness. And here's your Bigfoot. For the 1%. Yeah. 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 For, for all of us. And right. I will admit whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing, Bigfoot's the beer that changed my life. Uh, yeah, so like Bigfoot's the beer that I like first had and was like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Right. So I told say, you that Ken's intelligent. The 1% thing yeah. seems to be working for America and right. for beer in general. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he was forward thinking. <laughs> well ahead of the curve yeah, on that one. Was. Yeah, right. Um, but now we but, have cloudy IPA. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it happens. But I will tell you, like Bigfoot, a lot of people say that that was kind of the in for double IPAs, triple IPAs uh, back in the day. Because in essence, it's a barley wine, but it is, you know, it too much caramel malt to be called an IPA in today's oh, day and age. Uh, but back then, the hoppiness of, you know, people were making barley wines. Yeah, uh, you know, They're really old fog, a foghorn, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's more of a British style. Yeah, um, he made the first American style uh, barley wine. So. Yeah. So, how about some sour beer? Uh, we kind of jumped around a little bit, but I see two glasses in front of me here, and this is uh, stuff that, that you brought, James, right? Yeah, they're yeah. they are the same. I just brought two bottles. Oh, I, did, oh, I didn't uh, know. Yeah, we did double samples. Double samples. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So this. Yeah. No, told me that. <laughs> I didn't want to yeah. stop. They're also uh, labeled. Yeah, they're labeled. I like how you watch her it's do a, it, James. Yeah. 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 If she wants to put it in two glasses, I guess oh. she's weird. I'm nice. Uh, she's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, nice so, is short for stupid. Two letters short, actually. I've, my up. back is turned to her, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. You're better off. Um, right. <laughs> so bird flying. Yeah. This, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this this project uh, was uh, thought up by um, my you know uh, by Nick, one of the guys that you met out there, um, yeah. and and Jeff. Uh, the idea was to do a true spontaneous slash wild fermentation project um, where we, we took a, a blonde, uh, very, very low hopped wort 
um, put it in uh, a couple of um, 250-gallon square totes, uh, metal totes, like mm-hmm. uh, from the wine industry. Stainless steel. Stainless steel, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. cardboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we did good. Yeah. <laughs> Budget cuts um, this week. We taped it real good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of duct tape. <laughs> Uh, we we have four of them and a flatbed chuck, and that's what we used to, to cart beer uh, to the barrel okay. barrel room. Yeah. So uh, we we filled those up with um, with wort uh, straight out of the brew house. Uh, drove it out to a peach orchard uh, that was about a mile from the barrel room. Uh, opened the lids up. Oh, put nice. some Put some little battery operated fans on and some screens over it. Uh, this was right at the time when all of the the trees were flowering. Okay. Um, and left it overnight. Uh, you know, uh, definitely had some screens so we didn't get any of the bees in there. Sure. Uh, and uh, in the morning, we're, we're we're all about the bees. We we're all about the bees. We yeah, didn't kill any bees. Let them attract, but go away. <laughs> this fans is smart thinking. I've heard a lot about open inoculation like that, but you guys are really trying to draw it in. Well, yeah, I mean the the diameter, you know, to surface area ratio was okay. such that it wasn't like a cool ship. That okay, was, uh, six inches deep. I mean, they're yeah, they're yeah. they're well, kind of you'll deep, get so. a more of a consistent uh, inoculation. Correct. Yeah. If next time you go, it's really windy. Well, you're blowing wind both times. Correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, we it's didn't know, we didn't know what the shit we were doing. You were just going for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll just throw it out. We just said fuck it and went for it. Um, yeah. And so brought it back to the sour First room. First F bomb. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Sorry, I think he said one earlier. So. I, I, I dropped it before you guys uh, got yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Ken says right. anything, it's my fault. Good. Uh, brought it back to the sour room. Um, put it in. Pumped it into one of our uh, little uh, ten barrel tanks we have. And let it do its thing. Uh, How did it do? Did it kick off pretty well? Or? Yeah. It, uh, well, it was uh, kind of slow. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when we topped it after about two months, um, some fresh beer with some fresh Up beer there. with fresh wort, uh-huh. uh, it, it took off, and this is what it turned into. You still so no, have oh. that. you still have that. Enough, Correct. right? Uh, we do. I, I thought I tasted it yeah. last week. So, so. so we still we have this. We we have um, a couple of thirty hectoliter fooders, and we inoculated one with this culture. Okay. Uh, and we're going to try to kind of get that going in there. Um, and then, so that was in 2016. Uh, wait, wait, which, just real so, quick. So no pure Saccharomyces in this beer whatsoever. I we all I know is um, that our micro lab has found two wild yeasts and two. Um, Lactobacillus strains okay. were, were what they were able to culture, but God knows what's in there. All right. Um, and, you know, I haven't really wanted to in, invest a lot of money in sending it out to get any characterized or anything. So this was, uh, this was part of our Alpha Hop Correct. Series so this beer right here was released. part of the part of our, our small Alpha Hop series. Um, and it, this is kind of the 2016 vintage, and we did it again in 2017, mm-hmm. and we put it out in the our estate peach orchard. Okay, um, and that's going now. And so this is something that we're trying to grow. Uh, but it's this beer is surprisingly. Um, clean, for lack of a better term, for a sour beer, yep. um, to be 100% spontaneous fermentation like that. We've had some of those beers in here before, um, and it can. I guess it depends on where you are. It can work or it cannot work. This has. I'm glad you guys mentioned like bees and stuff. It has like a sweet honey characteristic, um, but not a lot of. You know, sometimes it can get really muddy mm-hmm. when it's just spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, maybe you get ten different different wild yeast right. in there. I don't know what. So it sounds like you guys only. Found a couple. You got lucky. We, I don't know. We got uh, extreme, extremely <laughs> right. lucky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, and that's why I love showing this beer off. And and it's, uh, you know, uh, we, we doubled down and did it again the next year, and we got even luckier. Wow. Um, because mm. this year it tastes 
um, it's Crazy Peach. If we uh, do it next we, year, it'll be um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 001. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we do it next year, I'm going to go play it. Wow, we got uh, pale ale. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Holy Lord, no matter what we do, yeah. <laughs> we get pale ale. Yeah. What, what temperature were you letting? Were you holding this at? Uh, in the sour room? For fermentation. Um, so our, we keep our sour room at 72 degrees. Yeah, 72. Okay. And uh, that, so that's what it was. Uh, we, do, we didn't, I don't, the tanks we have, I don't glycol. I mean, oh. they're not temperature controlled. Oh, okay. So um, we just kind of let it do its thing. So the, the tanks are just in the ambient 72-degree yes. room. Yeah, and okay. um, I mean, the fermentation wasn't super vigorous in this, um, so it didn't really climb very much more than okay. that. Okay. Well, it dried out because it's got yeah. that nice dry sour flavor. It did. I was a lot of wildflower and honey and I don't know what. I get some stone fruit. fruit. Yeah, yeah, definitely stone apricot, fruit, yeah. stone fruitiness. Yeah, the stone there. fruit came through uh, in this batch and in the second batch, which to all of us was very surprising because okay. honestly... You park some wort out in an orchard, and I, I mean, it's, you know, 99.9% is going to be just shit. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Who, yeah, who right. in the brewery bet that it was going to work? I'm seriously, some of you had to be like, this is, it's not going to work. This guy right here sitting next to me thought it was going to just fail. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It came out great. Four totes you took out there, you said? Um, So two totes. totes. Yeah, two totes. So it was 500 gallons. Okay. And a, and a, did you use one of those like seventies square fans that sits just right on top of the manhole? <laughs> Small, smaller version. That is, I would. Lo- that's how we it's would got do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> and that in half the duct tape is yeah, just right, holding right. the yeah. gem. Nothing the, like a good electrical fire. <laughs> yeah. in, in in the orchard. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. It's, Burn it's, it up. When you're in the orchard, you know, I I live out by where they bring out bee boxes and. The whole all of Chico just goes in a sudden bloom, hmm. and there's like millions of bees flying everywhere. And if you have like you need like we have we have water dishes for the animals to feed off of and stuff, and like the bees just swarm, right? Like thousands of bees. Okay, but this just, didn't, like, like what, I don't know much about anything, but that to me it maybe stacked the deck in your favor because what you're saying is literally the amount of bees, the amount of pollen, all mm-hmm. be, all coming from the same places might have really set you up for success. All coming from one same plant. Instead like, of it just being a random... Instead of just opening up the windows and letting whatever flies in, flies in. Yeah, you uh, picked the yeah. right time to do it, and so it, it maybe now it, it makes a little more sense that it was... Uh, well, when you, when you make it sound like we actually thought about it. Sure. No. <laughs> We, we literally parked a flatbed out in the middle of a bee orchard. Like, yeah. like, right, right. Well, it came out great. Is this beer available for consumers? Um, this beer was available in our club. in our bottle club. Uh, but three hundred and fifty people, Alpha Hop Society. Okay. In, in the future, okay. we're going to hopefully do. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to uh, expand at least that club okay. for sure, which is all kind of experimental beers, um, and. We are looking at, I don't know, maybe 2019 of doing a, a probably it, it would be limited just for sheer amount of space to do a sour beer. But um, yeah, I can do about 200 barrels in my total in my sour room. Okay, so that'll be the. But with the amount the of fans excess. Sierra has, this is a limited yeah, yeah. club because you couldn't possibly. Yeah, everyone yeah. listening, um, bombard our get uh, ready. inbox. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. Uh, just, just want do to. it. Well, get on that Sierra yeah. email list, and maybe yeah, uh, yeah. you know you'll get a little notice when signups happen. Yeah. We're just going to yeah. call Byron. Right. Uh, perfect. Yeah, are, are you guys saving these cultures? Like, are you banking them so that way? 
Uh, you might we are, see these so, again later. Yeah. Well, you know the the issue. Uh, I, I'm going to say the issue with with the spontaneous and wild cultures is is that um, I don't the what what you have growing at certain points in time in in a fermentation. Uh, are gonna, you know, are gonna flourish and die off, and so you don't know exactly, like picking a point, at one spot in the fermentation versus a different spot, say at sure. the end of fermentation, the cultures are gonna be different, and so, so we we've, we've the only way we can really preserve this is to just keep it going, yeah, and that's kind of what we're trying to shoot for now, but with putting it in the thirty hectoliter fooder, um, and that will allow us to hope, you know, to to make more, sure, basically. okay. You just well, and, and learn, how it, learn how it operates. Too, yeah, yeah, does. exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and and we have seen. Uh, I mean, with this culture over the two years now, um, definitely, like uh, you know, uh, most of our friends uh, with uh, lactic cultures have seen, or, or wild cultures, uh, it will speed up as it goes um, okay. as you as you continue to kind of generationally top it up, um, and it just hits its stride. So. And maybe mutate too, right? Like that's another thing. I mean, God yeah. knows what's going to happen. Yeah. That's kind of. I mean, honestly, that's the the fun part about it because yeah. we really don't know, and it just kind of keeps surprising us. Well, that's exciting for your first sour beer, also being spontaneous, one hundred percent spontaneous. Yep. Uh, well done. I think that came out great. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. So JP brought us a couple of uh, Bigfoots that he's. Did you hold on to these, or you went down to the Torpedo Room and grabbed these? Uh, no, neither, actually. These were oh. gifts from Sully for my birthday. Oh, cool. Um, so these came from Sean Sullivan's name, personal yeah. <laughs> his, uh, cellar, supposedly. So you I don't know, know we'll Sully see. from oh. the 21st oh, yeah, Amendment. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Um, and so to, uh, w- the first one that I poured was 1994 Bigfoot. Okay. And the second one is 1997 Bigfoot. Ooh, so no. I thought it'd be fun since so, you guys are coming on. I thought it'd be cool. Yeah. So ninety four, I didn't brew this one. Right? Is ninety seven yours, Terrence? No, ninety seven, I was brewing. Yes, at that time. So don't drink it. Ninety <laughs> four tastes great. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> ninety four well, smells, hey, as we always say, a little bit of the brewer in every bag, <laughs> as it should be. Yeah. So ninety four, I haven't tasted it yet, mm-hmm. but ninety four smells like I like Bigfoot and and barley mm-hmm. wine in general. Like it just has that. A uh, little bit of basement caramel mm-hmm. sweetness, like the toffee, the toffee yeah. yeah, all of those yeah. things that I start to like. Like I said, I haven't even tasted it yet, but the aroma is I, just how I like Bigfoot. I gave myself the dregs, and it looks honestly, it looks like a, a New England style barley, barley wine. wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just uh, trademark that the original <laughs> New England style. <laughs> right. like, yeah. um, you want to see that? Yeah, yeah. Gonna... the ninety four. Yeah, put that up into the camera there. Yeah, Bebo, you got that. Um. Yeah, Bigfoot ninety four. Have you guys changed the caps at all? The same. Uh, I, I, we changed ninety seven. Uh, the same over here. Yeah. There, there was something where we we actually screwed up. I can't remember what the one year is. Is we did we had this idea where you're going to change the crown, um, and we said, Nah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to change the crown. And then the next year, someone grabbed the wrong file, mm. which was the changed crown. <laughs> uh, and I can't remember <laughs> if it was just a silhouette of the foot where it wasn't all blue. Uh, oh, yeah. It was what? one of the, it was like 2010, 2011, and it was just mirrored. 
So the oh, way that oh, the foot yeah, was, was stationed, a left foot, not a right foot. It was a right foot, something like that. So you know what though? That's an awesome mistake yeah, because right, right, you'd have yeah. to be a nerd like, fan to even yeah, catch right, it. The guy yeah, yeah. called us and thought that he'd won something, or yeah. like yeah. because it was a different <laughs> way, big foot. Like, yeah. oh my god, I got the right hand big foot, and like That's so and sad. he won a bunch of stuff. And it's like, no, actually, we did it's that, and then we spelled it wrong. And uh, no. I heard if you have a right hand. But did you get yeah. like yeah. free beer? Like, the, the first year when we came out with a, a high latitude, high latitude, yeah, high altitude. Not yeah. only did we use the wrong file, <laughs> but we also <laughs> spelled it wrong. <laughs> spelled it right. And one of our sales, literally, we I think we had two consumers comment. And one of our sales reps was the first one, and he's like, did you guys realize you misspelled uh, altitude, altitude yeah. on this? And, uh, yeah. and so you, that's a running joke now, uh, yeah. high, high altitude. High altitude. <laughs> it sounds more intense than high altitude. Yeah, yeah, right? it's, it's, the, it's like Literally. the upside-down plane <laughs> of Bigfoot, like what the stamp oh. of that. Like, oh, my God, I have this Bigfoot. And we did, yeah. we yeah. did one, of, one of our very first beer camp releases in a bottle. Uh, we spelled pedals as in pedals on a bicycle and not rose yeah. pedals. I think you guys need to stop having files that are misspelled. Yeah, well, throw those away. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was, it you know, was back in 2010 before we had, you know, Back the in 2010. And the internet's correcting us. And we're, uh, still, we're still growing as a company. Yes, that's true. For you kids that didn't always have that. Yeah. <laughs> Zip file diskette. Yes. Right, yeah, all right, got it. It was a thing that went in the computer. <laughs> So 97 still has some of that bitterness in it. You haven't tried that one. And these are uh, twist top bottles, too. Oh, yeah. Which you you guys don't do anymore. Right. You switch to the other. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, uh, absorbing caps and all that kind of stuff. In 07 is when we switched to the pry off just because Mm -hmm. of uh, better better aging and better travel, less oxidation. So anything before that is twist off. Am I the only one still taste? Is it possible that there's still bitterness in a beer from 1997? Yeah. I still get it. You yeah. do get it. If there wasn't bitterness, yeah. it'd be sweet as hell. I guess uh, you're right. Yeah. The 97 is like brownies and chocolate good. cake. And God, like, that's good. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I think it, 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 it obviously reduces and drops out, but there's still some. I don't think it drops out to, to, to none. No. Right? It's yeah. still there. Sully took good care of these. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm not yeah. tasting any off flavors or anything. Just uh, They're both unique. Uh, it, I mean, well, I should say unique to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. They have changed quite a bit from 94 to 97. Yeah. I think By- Byron, that 97, your comments on that, like that chocolate cake. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. a little like that chocolate cake or almost brownies or like yeah. just like chocolate super, mocha frosting yeah. or something like that. It's surprisingly, you know, I've uh, this just one of those moments where I'm like, <laughs> I used to yeah. think that between eight and ten years it kind of leveled off. But the way that these were aged. There's a distinct difference between the two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, surprisingly so. They're good. We had all good beer here tonight. I'm surprised. Yeah. Surprised at you so. guys after all these right. years. Yeah, I know, right? You know? Uh, are you? Still producing a, a lot of good beer. <laughs> I think you guys are going to go somewhere. That's all right. Yeah, you guys might make it. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Some money. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen this many glasses on the table in years. No. Literally years. Yeah. You I kids was, have moxie. And we moxie. have to go away. Yeah. Yeah. And there's right. a box of empty glasses that I have to take out, too, that are used. That we used before. So it's, it's only half our glasses for the night. Yeah, yeah I was saying before you guys jumped on the 
the air tonight that, uh, you know, we used to just accept all the beer people brought us, and we would go on for four or five hours, and it was a mess. And then we started regulating it. Like, if you're going to bring beer, we can do four. Like I told you guys, even four to six. But then we saw your list, and we were like, well, maybe we can go a little old school this time and taste it all. I think if you're going to go old school, you you go with Sierra Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) Old school meets new school with Sierra Nevada now. No, this was... uh a blast. I'm glad you guys good. came. Yeah, thanks good. for coming down. Really yeah. Thanks, guys. Yep. Well, now you know to come again. Um, Send we'll, the jet for us. We can go to North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, you know, we got yeah. a we got an airport right here. You don't even I have know. to drive Conquers, next time. I was going to tell James that, that story. Uh, you know, back I was a young kid when the uh, plane crashed into uh, Sun Valley Mall. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, way back when. Huh. Like, just bring... I'll, I'll just throw a disaster in there. <laughs> 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 yeah, the show's gone yeah. too smooth. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone, before yeah. we leave, go around and tell a story when you shit yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Right, let's go. <laughs> Yes. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Concord's responsible for a few of those. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh. It was right. not too long ago an airplane like landed on the freeway right here on 680. Right. Same thing. It took off. Something went wrong with one engine. Landed right there on yeah. 680. Uh, it, was, it was their turn to adopt. The it's not a bad landing. No. Better yeah. than the mall. It's yeah. on a merging yeah. lane. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I got a few new go-tos here from tonight. The, my, the Sierra yeah, Vesa for is sure, now man. on my go-to list. That's a great beer. James, good job. Thank you. Yeah, glad you talked them into that. Excellent. Yeah. That came out good. Yeah. That's gonna, is that available in cans? It will be bottles. Bottles, okay. Bottles. Right. Uh, it's in a variety pack. Yeah. In a, only in a variety pack. Only in a variety pack. Okay. And if everybody really likes it, if you love it enough, more. Yeah. <laughs> flood the inbox. <laughs> yeah, <do it. laughs> that happens. And at the... In Chico, how many taps do you guys have? And they're always different there, right? Nineteen. Nineteen taps. Yep. And there you guys keep even what's not available elsewhere. You Pilot batches go on yeah, there all some, the time. Yeah, uh, our individual beer camps, like what you guys experience, uh, yeah. those will be on tap there. And, and the same in Asheville? You can always get, yep. you know, okay. Yep. There's a pilot brewery there, too, as well. So they're always kind of flooding that with uh, experimental beers, but kind of just fun. Yeah, fun they're stuff. set up a little bit um a little bit better to provide beer to their pub. So they actually have serving bright tanks that they brew. Oh, cool. That they go direct from to the to the serve, you know, to the pub. Um, I mean, once again, you know, it's building the brewery. You want. Yeah, the, brewery, uh, the one you want. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Terrence, you're going to be the first to hear if I if I'm ever going to make it to Asheville because I I got to go. I want to go. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll let you know what's up. Um, also, uh, folks, you, well, first of all, you can go to SierraNevada.com if you didn't know that already. Hazy Little Thing is going to be available or is already available across the country. Uh, yeah. I recommend grabbing it. Uh, whether you want to join the argument that we continue to have here on the BN or the, just that you love the style, go grab Hazy Little Thing because, like I said, it is probably my favorite hazy beer that, I, that I've had out there. You guys kind of nailed it on that. Uh, available in cans. No, nope. super soft and gross. And I'm going to adopt the silky uh, uh, descriptor yeah. Yeah. because right. I think that's a perfect uh, mouthfeel descriptor to that beer, and and one that I don't like about beers that are not silky uh, when right. they're when they're hazy. Like I said, they get too bitter and um, they almost feel chunky instead of silky. Yeah. So. 
Check it out. Buy that beer. Also, if you go to Chico Byron's, your dude, uh, you'll see, you'll find him on the tours. <laughs> Never seen the last of Byron. Uh, yeah, you'll know who we're talking about when you get there. He, he'll either be in a narwhal outfit or just the guy smiling because he loves his job. Um, so uh, go check him out if you're ever traveling through Chico. You can do tours. you got to like sign Thanks, up guys. now for reservations uh, and shit, yeah, right? Yeah, it's pretty much all on the same website. Okay. All of our guides probably know more than most people know about beers. So okay. All right. Pretty awesome. So questions out. We right. might have a question coming in. I may have missed one, and now someone's complaining. So Okay, let me look. Let me look. Oh, I didn't know. I saw one from you I didn't get from to. From Eagle Dude? Because uh, he's about he's about to go to the tallest building and just fall Eagle forward. Dude, I got yeah. you. All, All right, right, Eagle Dude. I got your All back. Right. JP had your back, too. There we go. Uh, question for you guys from Eagle front. Dude in our chat room. Um, aside no, from, Eagle. Uh, no, wait. I didn't say <laughs> Too late. Uh, Aside ball? from uh, post-ferment handling, does Sierra Nevada adjust brewing recipes to types of ingredients to maximize stability, i.e. hops and malt ingredients so that they degrade at parallel rates? Jesus Christ. Whoa. That should have been asked five yeah. hours ago. Good Lord. Sorry, Eagle, uh, did I should have asked that in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. James, go. Um, yeah, I, in, in every in every recipe, that's a factor. I mean, you want to look at the the malts you're using, um, your your all, your process all the way through. And I mean, finest quality, finest ingredients, um, you know, finest everything, um, the highest level Pure, of purest purest ingredients. I don't, I, I I can't spout it like Terrence can okay. sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it takes um, twenty four yeah, years. It takes to get a lot of time. Embedded uh, in my brain. Just your, uh, the, the attention to detail in every aspect is really what's going to maintain quality. Um, and using using quality ingredients is is the way to go. And and um, I mean, with Bigfoot, you can you know like with things like Bigfoot. I, I mean, part of the reason why it ages so well are are the roast malts, but also it's a three hour boil in the kettle. Um, All right. And so you're you know you're getting a lot of caramelization reactions that just age really well. Um, and I mean when you think about that sort of thing throughout the process, uh, it's from start to finish. Okay. Good answer, James. See, James has got his job back. Wow. Yeah. Watch out, Terrence. Yeah. I feel like he was on shaky ground at the beginning. I was on. He redeemed himself. The young people are coming for you. We'll we'll discuss pay on the way home. Yeah. I now take a third of yours. (laughs) Yeah. And drive me home. (laughs) That's already happening. Uh, all right, uh, hang out with us for a second, guys, because we got just a couple of things to finish uh, before we have to go. I do need to let you know about uh, a brewery that we love, uh, Neshaminy Creek. Uh, Neshaminy Creek has been uh, on the Philly beer scene map since 2012. Um, they have four Philly beer scene magazine awards, 2014, 15, 16, and 17, and uh, three for Brewery of the Year. Uh, two-time GABF Vienna-style lager medal winners in 13 and 16 um, and and a bronze for their smoke lager in 2016 uh, yeah 2016 also so they now have an expanded and recently renovated tap room with 24 beers on tap 18 are rotating and seasonal limited beers go check them out uh, you can go to nishemonycreekbrewing.com uh, they do free brewery tours on Saturdays and they're all around good guys we had them on the show and they're a lot of fun plus I got to hang out a little bit with them outside and uh, they're good people making good beer at Nishemini Creek Brewing 
interesting. Go check it out. Although I did just see that Jeremy posted that they're now doing a hazy IPA. So now uh, you've written them off. Now I've written them off. Yeah, but, but you you're keeping Sierra Nevada because of all the other beers. You haven't written them off, or <sighs> we'll, we'll talk later. Okay, okay. It's fine. <laughs> he's leaving the Johns in the beer now. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, hey Philly. One of the greatest beer-drinking cities. It's a cool city. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we like that city. All right. Um... We had a Twitter game today. We did. What was our Twitter game, JP? Is about our friend Charlie. Yeah, what's Charlie P. going to be doing now that he's retired? Yeah, you hear that, Terrence? Charlie Papazian's retiring? I'm Terrence. <laughs> Why are you going mm. Bevo has Perfect. her hand up waving. Yes, Beaver? Please move the camera to JP now. Oh. Since okay. he's speaking. You don't need to Terrence, do that. <laughs> enough of you. Yeah, just <laughs> snuggle up <laughs> here. Oh, oh, look at them bonding nice. there. Oh. I told you you'd bond. Yeah. We're, we're a bonded pair. You have to adopt the fucking both of us. It yeah. happened. Is that happen. good? Okay. Good. Um, so, Jeff. Ang- what is Charlie going to do in his retirement? Angle, Angel. 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 Okay. Jeff says he's going to be replacing all of his hop plants with hop's resinous cousin. I think Charlie P is going to start oh, smoking pot. Oh, Took me a minute. Yeah, be a pot okay. farmer. It's Colorado. He hasn't been. That's come on. That's, that's a great right. retirement oh, income. Right. Yeah, it's right. passive. Yeah, he's actually going to start knitting Christmas sweaters <laughs> <laughs> with his own hair. Uh, David writes in and says he's going to perm Justin's hair for him. No, <laughs> it doesn't need it. Mm. Yeah, I thought. Well, who, where's your other? Where's your current hair permer going to go? I Charlie don't have. There's do okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Northheim says... And I'm the stupid one. Okay, okay. Ben Northheim says he definitely won't waste any of it by listening to the session. Okay. (laughs) Don't listen to our show. Got it? Uh, Full Full Tilt Brewing says, writing the sequel to his best-selling novel titled Relax, Don't Worry, and Double Dry Hop, where he redesigns all of his recipes, but with the words Double Dry Hop. Okay. I don't like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last but not least, Brian Cha- Chapin says, probably embracing retirement life and getting a Pico brew so he can be lazy like JP. Okay. <laughs> that sounds logical. That's our most logical one right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like how he found out Justin's line. Talking about his perm guy. <laughs> right. After, after how many Antonio years? Out of there. Right. Yeah. We don't talk about my perm guy. He's a good dude. I just You're don't know how to explain that it's not a perm. It's a fucking afro, basically. <laughs> but it's uh, fine. I put it on the list, though. Yeah. All right. So I have four on our list. I eliminated one. Um, That's all right. Okay. So he's going to start growing the cousin, basically. Yes. Yeah. He He's going to start perming Jay's hair. Yes. Um, which I feel like is degrading for poor Charlie. You know. Well, um, yeah. he's, You're probably right. <laughs> one of my favorites, he certainly won't be listening to the session. Right. Um, and he'll get a Pico brew and be lazy like JP. Right. Okay. Um, so those are our four. Anybody want to nominate something to uh, well, narrow think, it down to two? I think one of the two should be the weed. Okay, so yeah, we, we, we growing the cousin. Yeah. The other mm-hmm. one would be the, uh, the we'll uh, be listening to the session. Those are my two yeah. votes right yeah. there. Yeah. Are we good I'm with those down, two? I'm down. Okay. Vote for those two. So yeah. here's how we do this. You raise your hand when I say you got two choices. You got He's going to start growing the cousin or he won't be listening to this damn show. Are these people uh, listening that uh, have to raise their hand? Uh, it's us. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, Terrence, if you can see the people listening, <laughs> you've done better than me. <laughs> Whenever you're driving around, you see some idiot raising their hand in their car like six months from now. You know they're listening to the podcast. Right, right. Yeah. 
so just in this room, um, if you think that Charlie Papazian will be retiring to grow the cousin, raise your hand right now. Oh, we got a good three there. Wow. All of them work for Sierra Nevada. <laughs> Not to Co- name names. Coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he won't be listening to this damn show. Well, that's so, for sure. Uh, yeah. you, you lost by one vote, Sierra Nevada. Oh, it won't be listening to the session. There we go. Yeah. Right. Is our winner tonight. all people who yeah. work on this show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we might see what happened. Oh, yeah. That guy's holding us up way too high. You know yeah. what I saw there is that we know our product and they know yeah. theirs. <laughs> You went for what the kids are go. calling right. irony. Just it's a called of expertise. irony. Yeah. Or we hate ourselves and they have fun. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, that's Self true. Depreciation. You're one so of those self-hating podcasts, aren't you? What does you? he win? I don't know. What does he win? Uh, Bevo sends him a shirt or something, a right? A shirt or something. Yeah. yeah. No. The, the complete wanna, joy of weed maybe making. Maybe socks. You know, I did. There was some Sierra Nevada swag here I saw Adam bring. Maybe we'll. Add, maybe we'll. Hey, Adam, come in here for a he second. He hasn't given it all you. away. Give me some. Is that Adam? Adam. Okay. Get in here. Is that Adam? You're wearing your glasses. Sometimes I can't see through the window. There's a lot of glare. I thought it was just some random guy. You're old. Uh, it happens. Hey, like, yeah, taking a long time getting here. We just did a giveaway on the show. We always give a BN shirt. Awesome. Do, you, do you have some shit from Sierra awesome. that we can throw cool. in the bag? I can definitely show, throw that in. No worries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whatever awesome. you want. What are you guys want. looking for? We awesome. don't care. Do you, you guys got... want uh, half, belly shirts? Half or, uh, shirt. <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, it's oh, half shirt. A yeah, shirt half just for shirt. your belly? Yeah, if you got belly shirt, maybe a thong. I don't know what. Throw up that nice beard torso. I've been working on. Uh, we'll yeah, we'll yeah we'll right, cut right about here. Whatever you guys are doing. Okay, there you go. So we got some right. BN swag cool. and some Sierra Nevada swag wow. going to our list. Ben's going to score big. Oh, I want one of those shirts, Thank too, you. by the way. You want one of these? Yeah, I want one of them. What size are you? I'm extra large. First of all, he's still full of yeah. shit. Right? <laughs> it's okay. I can, I, I'll, I'll take care of this for you. Bebo's going to take care of that for you. Hey, Adam, good job curating the beer list for us tonight. Thank you. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, thanks, Adam. We wanted to get something new, something old. Everything in between. Yeah, you yeah. did all. Plus, you're you're rocking a new beard. You're getting all full there. A little bit of red, a little bit of gray in there. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting that. Nice flat bill hat. That's a good be point. Like beardy here. That's a good point. You are kind of looking pretty old now. <laughs> we need yeah. a, we need guys. We need a all, new all fresh face around here. Let's go. Right? Yeah, send in the new guy. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. Out with the old. <laughs> in with the new. In with right. the brew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, uh, one more uh, thing I got to let you know about Adam and Eve. You can go to adamandeve.com right now for Valentine's Day. They got a special offer for you. You're going to want to shop p- there before. You're going to want to pay attention yeah, to this. Right. You have? Yes. Because why would you go to one of those creepy corner stores anymore? Now right. you can do it online. Right. Listen to this deal. Listen to this deal. From the comfort of your own home. Uh, but now you can make Valentine's Day one that you'll both never oh, forget. Coming um, up, coming up. So here we go. Through Valentine's Day, you're going to get 50% off just about any item. Uh, by going to adamneve.com. Um, they have all sorts of stuff. Toys, videos, lingerie, you name it. Um, then- Wife loves the strap-on. <laughs> <laughs> might be the uh, first one to go. We've gone from zero to 75. Yeah. 
That escalated quickly. Zero to infinity? Is that what just happened? Yeah. There's probably a guy at the brewery called Wife. <laughs> He's like, no, Terrence, what are you doing to me? And another guy named Strap-On. <laughs> well, you can now. get possibly 50% off that Strap-On over there uh, by using coupon code BNARMY. Plus, you're going to get uh, their free romance kit, um, which is a toy for him. Trap on. Um, <laughs> a special massager for her and a little something you'll both enjoy, plus a free DVD to get you in the mood if you still have a DVD player. Stitches. Um, so you're also going to get free shipping on your entire order. Go to adamandeve.com, use coupon code BNARMY, that's B N A R M Y, and uh, you know, get a deal on Terrence, basically. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Just tell him I sent you. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, strap on guy? We know. Yeah, we know. We know. The product yeah. code is Terrence. I think yeah. there were That's houses in North Carolina. Not two. Every big production facility is in North I think, Carolina. It's, I think that's why Terrence really wanted to move the brewery there. Is because it's closer to the actual hub. Same day I shipping. Get it custom, custom made. <laughs> They're all sized by me. Do you have will call? Because I'll just walk over. Yeah. We have extra small. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the, 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 the monarch who invented you know the foot and the inch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Terrence invented the gauge sizes. That's, That's right. right. They're gauged it's called by the him. Sullivan scale. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, Cursing the Irish. Yeah. yeah. Double, double O gauge. That's Terrence. Hopefully you'll know it when you feel it. Uh, disclaimer, Sierra Nevada corporate and everybody else, I told you to stop listening in the second segment. Uh, you know, you were done in the second segment. I tried to warn you. I mean, thanks for tuning in, but I apologize for Terrence's behavior. As, as well as Adams for he, bringing all the beer. He's entering mandatory rehab. Three days. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm just impressed it wasn't one of us that said something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wow. Wow. That's our guest you're talking about. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just yeah. happened. That we prefer the truth. Yeah, we prefer it to happened. call it mature. I apologize. That's what Correct. We, those who aren't millennials call it. We value oh, our yeah. elders here at the Brewing Network. <laughs> That's right. Wait. By the way, I just ordered a strap on <laughs> while I was while I was yes, reading the ad. For those who still use that, yeah. the neural uplink, dude. <laughs> You're wired happened. right in. I am. They've been a sponsor for a long time, so I'm wired right in there. All right. Next week on the program, we've got Phyllis. Phyllis. <laughs> Phillips, Phillipsburg Brewing. Phillipsburg Brewing. Phillipsburg Brewing from Phillipsburg, Montana. Makes sense. Uh, they'll be on the program with us next week. Think they're flying in to do the show, right, Beef? That's nice that's of them. That's what I understand. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's cool, cool, man. Coming in the studio uh, to do Gross. the show. <laughs> yeah, I saw that coming. <sighs> All right. We're getting out of here. Yes. Guys, let's go. Thank yes. you for coming yes. in. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank uh, you, guys. Thank you, everyone. As you know, uh, you and anybody at Sierra Nevada is always welcome on this program. We have a good time with all of you. Byron, yeah. it's always nice to see you. You take Cheers, good care guys. of us. Adam takes wonderful care of us over there. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll see you guys at our Spring Bruce Festival, Adam. I know you guys are pouring beer there. Are. You can get tickets now. Go to thebrewingnetwork.com, and you can buy tickets. Sierra Nevada is going to be pouring. I'm sure Adam will bring us some special stuff, right? Bring out some good stuff. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Aged yeah. pale ale. So I, I, I will, <laughs> how about hazy I, pale ale? I will ale. say it might be cleaner the next time, right? Yeah. Our festival? Right. No. Oh, the Us show? being on here, yeah. Don't. I would actually no. prefer to go the yeah. other okay. direction. Right. Right. Terrence has new job is working for Adam. All right, now i got to tell <laughs> Oh, beer content manager. All right. Here's he just a, sold a lot of products. I have to tell beer. Now I'm going to tell you a secret, Terrence. Okay. All right. 
Before the program, I had a conversation <laughs> with oh, my no. staff. Oh, a team meeting. All right. Okay, yeah. and here's what it was. So we've been no, – we're the ones who usually fuck up. And I have this theory that, um, you know, Ken uh, is uh, – well, he's a smart guy, and he's built up a intelligent. intelligent a re, he's built up a reputable business, and that maybe the Brewing Network didn't always fit into that because we're a little crass and a little whatever. So I had a I had a lecture, I let talk with my staff here, and I was like, "Let Terrence take us down that road." Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, because I felt like I didn't need to give Ken another excuse to think that the right, BM right, was a little right, too fucking right, crass. Right, right, right. <laughs> so hey. I just want to thank you. For <laughs> You know what? I, I gotta thank you for the red carpet. I mean, really. I mean, you laid it right out there. I just walked right down there. Yeah. You know? And you know what? You looked really good doing it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. No, this uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little slow clap for uh, for Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually. Uh, this is exactly the show that we like to do, exactly the show our listeners love. So thanks for being a part of it and fucking around with us, Terry. All right. Wow. Peace out. Yeah, I appreciate Peace it. Peace out. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right, JP, are you ready to get us out of here? Yes. It's probably a good time, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. JP. Hi. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Terrence, James, Byron, and a swarm of Sierra Nevada folk came out from the Chico mothership to talk Sierra Nevada beers, history, and processes. Learn more at sierranevada.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, not Sierra Nevada, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info and follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew. Mike McDowell at TST McD, Warren being stuck over at Another Beardy, and the great Beverly crushing cyberspace at Bevo One. JP fully understands that Twitter is dead, and you should follow him on Instagram at Major Jip. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.